So, like, take off to the great white north. Take off. It's a beauty way to go. Take off, you hoser. Welcome back. It's episode 35 of Hosers. My name's Chris Killingsworth, and joining me as always are my co-hosts, Carter Lupel. What's going on, Carter? How's it going, Chris? It's going good. We're beside each other, so it's like you're right here. <laughs> and we also have... Uh, right yeah, no, I know, but not you're not always beside me. Okay. And then we also have uh, Thomas Williams. What's going on, Thomas? Nothing, man. How about you? It's going well. Um, we also have a guest. Thomas, please uh, introduce our friend. So with us today is esteemed editor of the best Leafs blog on the planet, uh, Mr. Adam Lascaris. Yes. Hi, Adam. What's up, man? How's it going? Thanks for having me. We're really excited to have Adam on. We've been talking about it for a while, and now it's come to fruition in Thomas's basement on his couch. Yep. Um, yeah, but I'm excited. It's going to be a, a fun episode with these guys, so we're excited to, to get going. So... With all that being said, we're going to ask you the same question we ask all of our guests when we have them on the show. Uh, how did you get into hockey and, and how did that all come to be as far as like your fandom goes? And don't don't skip out on any details because Carter likes the minutia of things. Yeah, well, like, I mean, it's pretty similar to a lot of Canadian kids. It was mostly my dad who got me into it. Uh, who was he a fan of? Uh, well, technically, he wasn't a fan for a while because he worked in the media, but he used to cover the Leafs, um, okay. and then he just like was like, actually, I was a Leafs fan growing up, and like I don't cover the NHL anymore, so I'm still a Leafs fan. So, um, just like standard, like you know, used to watch Saturday nights with my dad, like from a very young age. Um, he actually he was covering the Mississauga Ice Dogs back in the day when they existed. That's Ooh. awesome. So he used to take me to a lot of those games. So. Um, so Patrick O'Sullivan used to be my favorite player, <laughs> but first, it, first it was Jason Spezza and then Spezza got shipped out of town. So it was just kind of like whoever for a while. And then it was, uh, Patrick O'Sullivan for a bit. And then my dad stopped covering them, but, um, I was like totally hooked on hockey at that point anyway. So, so would, you, would you always get to go to the rink? Yeah, like I would go. They'd have Sunday afternoon home games. So like basically every Sunday if I wasn't like busy, like as kids normally are. Yeah, you know if I didn't have <laughs> if I didn't have a podcast to be on or anything, <laughs> homework to do. Nineteen ninety nine. But my Sweet. actually my best story there, which I guess I can share, is so. Um, one of those years where he was working, Don Cherry was the head coach of the team. I was waiting for a Don yeah, Cherry story. So, um, Don Cherry, who, I mean, is a lot of things, but he was at the end of his career, he was not a very good junior hockey coach. Or his teams were horrendous. Like, But he typically had about eight wins in an OHL season. Like, I think he might have peaked at like 14, um, which is not great. Too focused on Rock'em Sock'em. Rock'em Sock'em's <laughs> and his restaurants, which 
I actually quite enjoy, even though they're just like a really right. mediocre sports bar. Oh, There's yeah. one in the middle of nowhere in Bradford. I drive Most home past it. <laughs> it's in Bradford. Yeah, yeah. Cheap real estate. Yeah. I, know there's, I know there's one in like South Whippy. I think it's like by like the Princess Auto. The uh, one in, in Bradford, I met the owners and I'm like, oh, does Don ever come in? And he goes, not really. <laughs> just the naming rights. So yeah. It's like, oh, so people come here with the hopes that Don't they're going to get to meet him. And nope. He's yeah. been here twice. <laughs> we yeah. have a lot of moms and so, yeah, uh, right. so yeah, so John Cherry. So we were at the game, and I'd usually like go with my dad, and he'd do like uh, interviews in the dressing room and whatnot, and I'd usually like be with him, and like yeah, I wasn't like best friends with the players or anything, but like I would just kind of like be by his side, and like was a quiet kid or whatever. And so one game they got like they lost probably like eight nothing or something, and my dad would like. They would usually just let the reporters just, like, walk into the dressing room, like, whenever. And there was usually only, like, two or three because it's an OHL team. And, like, yeah. So my dad walks in with me. <laughs> Don was not done yelling at the team yet. And we were just kind of, like, in the back. And, like, Don comes over and just starts freaking out. And he starts yelling at me and, like, yelling at my dad. And he was saying how, like, we couldn't get autographs. Because, like, he's, like, thought, like, because I was there. Like, we were trying to get autographs. Oh. But it was interesting because my dad was, like, a reporter for the team. And he's, like, yeah, I never really talked to Don because he's just, like, Don. Like, I'll just talk to, like, the assistant coach or something. So, somehow, <laughs> even though he was at almost every home game, Don didn't know who my dad was. <laughs> and he obviously didn't know who I was. And I was just there as, like, a four-year-old kid. And I'm, like, I know who this guy is. But, like, can't really connect, like, the name to the face. Like, I'm, like, I know he's on hockey night in canada yeah like i know who the, i know he's like and i was just kind of like staring and he's like yelling and i'm like i know my dad didn't do anything wrong and i was like trying to like and my dad was just like here's my media pass and he's like oh sorry guys like he just kind of like, <laughs> didn't click so yeah <laughs> then he was to keep his stick on the ice yeah, yeah. so <laughs> i uh that was an interesting experience with don cherry like being yelled at as a four-year-old um so that's like my best story from Mississauga. Um, and Is that he, where you grew up in Mississauga? No, like we, we lived in Toronto. Oh, okay. But he just was covering the team. Yeah. So yeah, it was funny. Like I used to, I used to watch. Like yeah, I would be at the games and watch those, and then um, yeah, I just got into the Leafs, like being in Toronto and whatnot, and uh, started playing when I was four uh, in an outdoor league, actually. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, which is, like... That's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, there's not that many of them, but if you ever get the chance to, like... I mean, you can't really play in them if you're older, but, like, if you ever have young children and there's an outdoor <laughs> league, like, I would recommend it. Like, I played for, like, probably six years in an outdoor league, and then I rested it amazing. for a bit. It's just it's just fun. What, it's park like, did, what park were you guys at? We, were, we played at uh, Otter Creek, which okay. is, like, uh, like Avenue Road and yeah. uh, Lawrence-ish. So, and then we, like, we played a bit at Hodgson, which is, like, more, like, Mount Pleasant and Eglinton in Toronto. Mm -hmm. So, it's the Lawrence Park Athletic Association. So, if we have any listeners from there. Uh, <laughs> Dude, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah, so, that was that was fun. And then I, like, just grew up playing, like, house league after at a North Toronto arena. So, is it, was it more, like, accessible in that area to play hockey outside? No, it or was, just... like, it's, like, a rich people area. Oh, but I hear just you. the rink was just there. Well, yeah, yeah, I, I hear you. say, Jimmy Simpson and Greenwood used to do, yeah. the, like, free community yeah. Yeah. hockey. Like, it was, it was, like, it was cheaper than playing in, like, a, like, yeah. I think it was, I think the season was, like, 12 to 14 games long, and it was usually, like, 100 bucks for the year or something, which yeah. is, like, cheaper, but, uh... 
Yeah, like it wasn't like it wasn't like really like a low income thing. It was just like they had other sports in the league too, and just people yeah. in the area attempted to play. It. Like we'd usually play on like Tuesdays or one day Wednesdays, and like other leagues would play on the weekends. So like some right. kids played in multiple leagues and whatever. But yeah, yeah, it was a blast. That's awesome. I uh, I I think it's really cool. Like this kind of resurgence of outdoor rinks. It seems that are like opened by cities and things like that. I don't know. We talked about it. I think we should go there tomorrow night, actually. But yeah, there's this new outdoor rink that opened, like, right on the water in Barrie with, like, full boards. I think there might be, like, a relationship with MLSE of some kind because it's, like, littered in leaf logos, the entire, like, outdoor yeah, rink. Probably. Well, it's like, um, shit, there's one here. I guess I'm just saying here where I live. Uh, East York. Uh, yeah. There's, like, uh, it's, like, Cosburn and shit. It's just south of where I live. But, like. Uh, the Leafs used to like do a hold the outdoor practice. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. So when they do that, sometimes and like they leave the stuff up there. But yeah. I think it's sponsored. Like MLC is like a charity thing. I think uh, yeah, it's it's, le- it's all just Leafs. Right? It's, it's there now. Yeah. It's all so it's their launchpad initiative. So it's all true. Like, yeah, I guess you worked there when. They, oh yeah, you worked for doing MLSC that. when that was happening. True. Yeah, MLSC, um, their launchpad initiative like integrates themselves. Basically, it basically is like like uh, a branch or like an arm of, of their organization that like easily integrates into the community because there's a lot of red tape for MLSC to do it directly. Yeah. And so uh, okay. Launchpad basically acts on behalf of MLSC. Um, and so I'm sure all of these like local ranks that have all the Leafs branding are a Launchpad <laughs> initiative. Yeah, I would guess. That's amazing. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely it's definitely cool that things kind of worked out that way. So, as a Leaf fan in the '90s, Adam, what are some of like the more f- fond or maybe not so great memories you have watching the team growing up? Uh, yeah, one of the funny things was like we grew up in like a, a pretty decent area. Like we weren't we were like upper middle class, but we just happened to be like lucky in that we inherited the house, and we actually had a lot of Leafs like live in the area. Oh, so, that's so cool. Uh, so like. It was interesting. Like, there was a kid who went to my school, and he's like, yeah, so uh, Darcy Tucker just moved next door to me. And we're like, well, that's fun. And yeah. then uh, Joe Neuendijk lived in the area, and uh, Chad Kilger lived in the area. Oh. Um, so that's a big name. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Hardest shot in team history at one point. Yeah. Um, so that was, like, kind of fun. Uh, I mean, yeah, like, I obviously I remember watching them, like, back in, like, like, Oh three, oh four seasons. I think one of my favorite memories was actually the year where they, um, the trade deadline where they acquired Brian Leach. Oh yeah. And so was we were 2004. I think so. I think it was that this season. Is yeah. the lockout after, so and then yeah. you should. Do, do you want to do me a favor and pull up that full, the full team and trade deadline? I guess I have to. You can Google things for me, but basically <laughs> we had this great teacher who it was awesome because we. Uh, we littered his actually that would have been 04 but uh we littered his door in um like like leafs paraphernalia once the once the playoffs came around and like he was like always like yeah you guys should like wear your jerseys to school and stuff and like we'll talk about the leafs in class and whatnot and uh so he's just he's just in class one day like on trade deadline day i I think it was on the trade deadline day or if it was like right before but he he just says he's like yeah guys i uh sorry i'm getting a call and then he goes into the hallway 
And we're like, he's like, hey guys, I got some news. And we're like, what? He's like, the Leafs just caught Brian Leach. And we're like, what? <laughs> he's like breaking the, news in class. Like in class. So. so the March 3rd, 2004. Yeah. Brian Leach for Yarko Eminen. Maxine. Yeah, well, that was that was the only time he's ever been traded to the Leafs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, uh, 2004 first round pick was turned into Chris Chucko. Okay. <laughs> That's a fake name. And, and, uh, okay. And it was the, also the Rangers, so they drafted terribly. Like, yeah, whenever they yeah. had a first round pick, it was like, uh. Do you know who was on the team that, that year? Oh, it would have been. In 04? Yeah. Do you remember some of the guys? Uh, there was Matt Sundin, I think, was there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I heard of him, yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, no. I, like, that was that was a year where I loved Newendick. Like, that was his, his year in Toronto. And he was, like, in the area. And uh, so, I like, I love Newendike. Like, McCabe and Caberlet were still there. Uh, Belfort was in net. Yeah. Do you, do you think that having a teacher kind of, like, relates so closely to, like, a sports team and kind of blending, like, the academic and the sports world, like, so closely together, do you think that had an impact on what you wanted to do with your life? Or do you think it was more on your father's end? Uh, no, like, I was always into it anyway. It was just, like, a bonus, I guess. Like, yeah. it wasn't, like, the teacher, like... But we had, we had like, a pretty athletic school. Like, I was talking to Thomas about it before, how, like, uh, Dougie Hamilton actually went to our, like, school, like, our elementary school. Oh, and his, for Amina again. Dixon yeah, I know. Amina is Dixon. all through this. So, uh, what about Freddie, though? Yeah, Freddie was there, too, as well. So they were, like, super nice kids. Um... So, yeah, like, we just had a pretty athletic school. Like, obviously, it wasn't, like, just because, like, Dougie Hamilton was there, but... Carter and I went to school with Matt Bolesky, so... That's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> so we, we it's pretty the same one. Did you? I did not. Okay, I was going to say that avenue area. Uh, we, uh... No, I did not go to a private school, and I don't support them at all. But, um... <laughs> but anyway, no. We, uh... Yeah, so, no, we just had, like, a... Like, most of the kids in our school were pretty athletic, and they were, like, all involved on... Like, most of the sports teams, which was nice. Um, so, yeah, like, I don't know. Like, everybody was, for the most part, into the Leafs, which is a good thing. Like, even if they weren't into it yeah. like, super, like, they would still, like, get behind it. And, like, they were good at the time, which was helpful. Sure. So, yeah, I was just, like, pretty into it as a young kid. Um, as you grew up, um, I know you went to Queens. What did you take in school? I studied politics. Love it. Uh, so did I. Yeah, so... Um, I thought originally I was going to, like, get a job in politics, like, outside, like, out of school. And then I realized when I was at Queen's, like, a lot of the kids who I knew who were in politics, like, all their extracurriculars were also in politics. Yeah. And I was kind of, like, I'm already doing politics, like, five days a week in classes. Yeah. I don't want to do everything involved in, like, super politics. Like, so I did, like, I worked for the uh, school paper there, the, the journal. And then, uh, so I worked there for a few years and then I got a job as like the sports editor there. So that was like basically a full-time job without like full-time money because it was a student job. Right. But, like I was working like 30 to 40 hours a week there on top of like doing school. Yeah. Uh, so that was a great experience. Like met a bunch of people. Like it was just a ton of fun. Um, did you like living in Kingston? Oh yeah. I love Kingston. Yeah. Kingston's yeah. the best. Like it's, it, yeah. Like I hardly hear people who are like, oh like Kingston sucks like there's like there's like a few down parts but it's like if you're a young person yeah Kingston's a fantastic city there's obviously like a bunch of like bars and restaurants to go to like the water's nice like everything's close together like you can basically walk if you as long as you live like somewhat close to downtown like most young people do yeah um and then like if you want to you can venture out into like the west end there's like a couple other nice or nice-ish malls out there like there's things to do and like 
yeah, you, you don't really get bored. Like, there's there's a lot in Kingston. Uh, it's the only place I've ever lived that's not Toronto. So it's yeah. like, I kept saying if I... <laughs> Carter's just signaling if you want another beer. Oh, so I thought you were asking if you wanted to like drink my beer. Can I drink your? Yeah. I thought you were just trying to like. He's trying it. to be like really subtle. No, it was not. Not subtle so much. Uh, yeah, no, Kingston's fantastic. Uh, and then I so I I covered the hockey team for my first two years there, and then I was a sports editor and was covering a bunch of stuff, and then. My last year there, I actually like worked with the team, so I was doing analytics and stuff for them. Um, That's awesome. So yeah, it was fun, um, and I think I should have a wrap up point, but I don't really. That's so, all right. Uh, you fun. carry the conversation. We know well. Yeah. yeah so uh, I have a friend from Kingston, and one of the only times I ever like experienced the nightlife in Kingston, if you can call it that, is I was like, yeah, take me to like one of your like cool local bars and she took me to Jack Astor's. Oh my God. <laughs> we spent the entire night at the Jack Astor's in Kingston. But What's the, like, the, it was a good time. Isn't there like a fake Jack Astor's place at like Brock and Princess? Um, it's like just a sports bar. It has like two levels. Oh yeah. Yeah. No. So there was uh it's it changes used to be name. something. It's yeah. Yeah. Name. So when I was there in first year, which was 2013, 14, it was called fanatics. Right. Right. Oh, so yeah. it, it was a pretty, uh, it's pretty good bar. And then it changed into a Boston pizza and then the Boston pizza shut down and then they like reopened and then they shut down again. Uh, And apparently from people I've heard that's like a pretty standard thing for that location. It was weird because it was, it was nice and it was big. It just like was in the middle of the student district and like they wouldn't get enough students going there and like older people wouldn't really want to go there. Like it was a nice spot and. It just cost a lot in rent. Like, it was just a very large property. I feel like you have to rely on students in places like Kingston big time. Like, there's a lot of places that are catered towards, like, not students, but they were just, like, three blocks away, which, like, makes a major difference because, like, that's just kind of where other people would go to. So, yeah. um, But, yeah, no, Kingston's wonderful. Like, they've, yeah, they've just got a very packed downtown core in terms of, like, restaurants and whatnot. Um, Got a great hockey history there. Oh, yeah, big time. Um, the funny thing about Kingston's hockey history is the front acts were terrible for so long, and I yeah. didn't really realize it until I got there. And I would like kind of talk to people, and they're like, "Oh yeah, it's like a storied franchise, and like we got like Doug Gilmore as our GM and whatever." And then I realized <laughs> that they had not won an OHL playoff series in like 21 years, yeah, which is impressively bad. What years did you go to Queens? Uh, like so, 2013 to 2017. Was Ryan Lopes playing at the time for the front acts? Uh, you see, I went to three front next games my entire time <laughs> at Queens. Okay. Like, like most kids, I think I heard us figure somewhere and they were like, yeah, we estimate we get about 20 Queens students to our games. Like they did not have a big pull oh, really? the, for the front next. Cause they're just, they're just a little bit like, they're not that far, but like, it's probably like a 40 minute walk from campus. Yeah. Which isn't that far. Yeah. But it's like it's a few like it's a bit of a bus ride out of the way and like they play in the winter attendance and like there's like four clubs right downtown and so but the the, actually one of the coolest uh, hockey moments was I was at Game Seven of the uh, it would have been the 2014 playoffs and so um, Sam Bennett was on the team that year and they were playing against the Peets. And so it was game seven, like they hadn't won a playoff series 
in like 20 plus years. They had a cello building and we had seats like third row from the glass. Like everybody was super hyped up. And um, so Bennett scores a goal. Like this is in his, in his draft year. Yeah. And so he was like, he was getting some consideration for even going like first overall. Yeah. I which remember. he didn't, but, and was probably in hindsight, <laughs> <laughs> considering he's, you know, turned out the career he's had so far. Now he's, now he's like a, a fighter now. So yeah. good mustache, man. but uh, yeah, I mean, he was, he was insanely good in junior yeah, he and was. he, uh, so he scores a goal like a minute and a half into the game. And it was funny because I was there with like one, like two of my friends and we were like, oh, this is really cool. And then we kind of realized like early in the game, like we don't, like we want Kingston to win, but we don't actually really care. So it was like just like a cool experience. So Bennett gets injured like in the second period oh, wow. and everyone's like, oh man, like this is our guy. Like he, <laughs> he put up like a hundred points that season. Yeah. Maybe not. I think he was near have been 99 on the dot and like. He was yeah, like the leading scorer on the team, like the best player. And um, everyone's like, yeah, like what's going on? And uh, Peter Burr tied it up at one point. And I'm pretty sure it was the third period. Like Bennett had it, like was in their room, whatever. Bennett just, he just walks out of the dressing room and skates onto the ice. And the arena just like exploded. It <laughs> oh, was like, really? It was like a WWE like entrance. Like the they didn't say anything about it. But like he, you just see like 93 Bennett walk out of the tunnel. And the place <laughs> just goes like nuts. <laughs> and like they were like cheering like it fe- i'm pretty sure it got a standing o and like it was just like one one like game seven in the playoffs and then they went to overtime and nick richie scored the winner and they lost um oh. <laughs> so That's it crazy. was just it was just funny because like yeah like bennett scores his goal like everybody's super hyped up like everyone's there and then like he comes back it's like the storybook ending and then they lose and like me and my friends just look at each other like they lose in overtime they scored like right in front of us <laughs> and we were like it's a good thing we don't really care about the front. Actually, this would have sucked. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, and then I went back a few years later. I don't even remember who they beat in the playoffs, but they I went the, for their next yeah. actual series win, so that was nice. Do you think that people like that go to Queens or Loyalist or any of those like nearby are they more interested in Queens hockey team than the fronts? Fronts, uh, fronts, fronts. No, like Queens hockey. Like I went to almost every home game for like my four years there, and. Their attendance wasn't great. Like, they had a good uh, – they'd have some nights. Like, they'd have a game against McGill every year where they do well, and then they had this one event, which is, like, unlike any other hockey game I've seen in my life. It's called, like, the Car Harris Cup. Oh, okay. Which is they play RMC, and they play it at, uh, like, where the Frontenacs play. So it used to be called the K-Rock Center. People still call it that, but it's, like, actually changed its name to the Leon Center. So oh, okay. So they play at, a, like, an OHL arena. Well, they're actually they're, – they're, Main rink is the Memorial Center, which is the front next former home, but it's like really old and like garbage and like it's not great, but it's like an old barn. And then like the place where they currently, where the front next play and they play this game against RMC once a year is like a nice new updated. Yeah, hotel, yeah. You know, it was made in like 2009 or something. So they play RMC there once a year and they play for like this like Car Harris Cup trophy. And RMC usually averages between, like, zero to five wins a year. And Queens is, like, one of the best teams in the OUA. Yeah, I was going to say. But it's, like, funny because, like, RMC will bring out their entire student population, which is, like, 2,000 kids. Yeah, that's crazy. They're all in, like, military, like, garb. And um, they'll bring out, like, their band. And then, like, Queens will bring out their band. And, like, Queens get, like, a population. But, like, they'll make out, like, 500 kids out, which isn't terrible. But, like, it's... And... 
for whatever reason, like most years, like it's like a close game, and like there's always like a couple RMC guys who like they're not headhunting. Like I don't want to say they're playing dirty, but like they'll take an interference <laughs> penalty or like oh, they'll, really? they'll yeah. like go and like fire up the crowd and yeah. Like, so Queens wins probably three out of every four years, but like I was there for this one year where they lost and it was uh, they lost two one in no they didn't lose in overtime, but they lost two one in a game where they had. 50 shots and RMC I think had like 15 oh my god and so like you just like I like Queens and they're just like this team's won twice all year and it was like February and the season starts in like October and they're like we just lost to this team <laughs> and like, we're like pushing for the playoffs like what is like going on so that was like an interesting experience every year like something fun to look forward to but I mean uh, you hear oh. You hear it a lot if you like know anybody who follows like U Sports, OUA, like they always say it's underrated product. It's a ton of fun. Um, Is that Stanley? <laughs> no, that's Balto. Oh, Balto. Uh, oh my God. <laughs> Sorry, that was cool. We might keep that. That was cool. Yeah, definitely keep that. So, uh, yeah, no. I think like one of the biggest testaments to like University Hockey in Canada is like they'll play against the. Like the U Sports All Stars will play against the Canadian like junior team every yeah. year, and they usually end up winning. And yeah, like they're, they're a few years older, so it makes sense. But sometimes you hear people say things like, "Oh, you know, these guys are uh, should all be in the NHL the next year or whatever." And uh, you got some twenty three, twenty four year olds who are showing them that uh, they still got some game too. So that's what's cool about U Sports. I think like when Carter and I started coaching, like OCAA, which is not nearly the like experience level of youth sports even though we have a couple of teams that we play that are in youth sports um yeah you've got like former junior guys or guys that may have played in like the oj or whatever and the compete levels you know pretty fun to watch when did you start writing seriously uh hockey wise where did you start uh you were never like a uh, sb nation guy right you're always a nation network guy yeah well so my uh path was actually uh I mean, I sound like I'm just like super into nepotism, but my mom, um, my, like, well, my dad is a writer too, but my mom, uh, she's worked for the Toronto Star basically straight out of university. Like my parents both went to Ryerson Journalism yeah, and uh, that's where they met. So yeah, my mom worked at the uh, Toronto Star and they had this kids section, which was uh, basically they'd published like in the, in the actual paper. So they... First, they had their own, like, full section for kids. Yeah. And, uh, well, actually, originally they had a kids page, which was called Starship. And then they had uh, a section, which was called Brand New Planet, which is, like, a full, like, weekly. They'd have, like, just kids mostly writing these articles. And so I got into there when I was, like, 11, 10, 11. So you're like, yeah, my writing career started with the Toronto Star. Yeah, so, and it just uh, went down <laughs> So it What was were you so, writing about? Uh, like, I would write about sports. Uh, like, I, the first thing I actually wrote, it was, like, pretty, pretty low-key. And, like, my parents, like, helped me out a bit, obviously. Like, they would, like, edit it and stuff. But like, yeah. they would, you know, like, help me, like, come up with the ideas and whatnot. But they were, like, since it was there affiliated with the Star, like, they could actually get places. So the first thing i ever wrote was just like a quiz about the nhl okay it's like a it's like a trivia thing like even as a young kid i was always super into like hockey history and trivia so 
it was just like a pretty basic thing. And then uh, I wrote a few other things. But the the biggest name I have actually ever interviewed, which is uh, still <laughs> like I probably won't top it. I interviewed, <laughs> I interviewed uh, Pele once. Oh, as a soccer really? Player. Oh, my goodness. So, That's insane. Uh, although it was funny because they had this – it was when they launched Goal TV. Yeah. Which is this like soccer channel, which may or may not exist anymore. It still does uh, But – I think maybe B in Sports bought it. Yeah, so they. Uh, I think so. They were supposed know, to. It was just before the MLS, like before Toronto FC came in, but they were going to be like the main provider for all these European soccer leagues, and <laughs> so they brought in Pele as their spokesperson. They had this press conference, <laughs> and they were like, "Yeah, we can get you a one-on-one with Pele." And I was like, 12 years old," and I was like, "This is incredible." And then they were like, actually, we're not doing any one-on-ones," and I was like, "You're going to tell this like 12-year-old kid that he can't interview this guy?" So they're like. We'll get you one question with him. <laughs> and I was like, okay. But the funny thing was, so he shows up with like not much of an entourage, but like he had like a few people with him. Yeah. And I was just standing outside there and Pelly just comes up to me and like gives me a hug. And I like didn't know how to react because I'm like, <laughs> it was like before his press conference started, he just comes up and he's like, hey, he like gives me a hug. And I was like, starstruck. Yeah, of course. And uh, so that was cool. And then my... I was, like, with my dad, and he was, like, he's, like, okay, if you're only going to get, like, one question, you got to make it good. I was, like, and, and, like, I had, like, a list of, like, ten questions prepared. Yeah. And, like, someone that I'd kind of come up with and someone my parents had helped me with. But, like, I kind of, like, knew, like, the general structure of how interviews went. And then they were, like, yeah, you got to pick one. And then basically it was, like, uh, the question I ended up asking him was, like, what are the kind of qualities you have to have to, like, become, like, the greatest of all time? Oh. And that's rich i love that yeah, one so i don't know if i asked it like that but i was like had to become like a world-class soccer player or whatever so yeah he, he gave me like he's like you know we got uh he's like you know it was always about hard work and he gave me like a really solid answer and there's actually uh <laughs> there's still a photo of me online if you it's it's actually i believe it's in the getty images portal <laughs> photographer there so um it. so that was super fun and then i interviewed um Thomas Grandy, who is a uh, who is a Olympic skier for Canada, okay, He's a downhill skier. Yeah, that was right before the 2006 Olympics. Um, I they had this. It was weird. They had this like this press conference that was like before a bunch of these Canadian athletes went over to uh, Italy for the Turin Games, but they like branded it under like the 2010 Games. So. They told us all this stuff about like 2010 and then they like had this press conference afterwards. So that was cool. Um, he was like one of the main like athlete ambassadors. Uh, I interviewed Justin Pogge. Um, oh, that's amazing. He was, and he was on the uh, Marlies. So that was fun. Um, Chris actually got to interview Jeff Lehman. I think it's a photo floating around on the internet. Oh, we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> it's like the, guy from, uh, the, the current mayor of Barrie. I don't know how this is anywhere <laughs> topical. Well, I'm just talking about photos on the internet. Oh, oh yeah. Chris looks like... Um, I look insane. I mean, you remember Men in Black where the guy wore... He's like, sugar. I've never seen a movie in my life. So you're Thomas. <laughs> oh, no. I've seen Men in Black. Oh. I know what you're talking about. Actually, the, like, distorted face. I don't know if... I don't know if it was Men in Black 1 or Men in Black 2, but I went to a drive-thru to watch that. Yeah. Wait, no, not a, dri- a drive-in, sorry. Not a drive-thru. <laughs> a drive-thru. I, didn't, I pulled it to McDonald's and I was like, you got yeah, Men in Black. You got Men in Black in there? So it went into a drive-in and um, long story short, I threw up a lot. And I missed most of the movie. 
Don't really even know why I threw up a lot. Can't remember if I was sick, but so... Aliens stress you out, maybe? Yeah, so, no, they, uh... So I never finished that one, but... So you probably didn't see the scene. So, Unless back to my writing Lehman. career. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, I interviewed Grandy. Oh, I interviewed, if you have any Toronto Rock uh, fans, I interviewed Blaine Manning, um, who was, like, one of the best players in the Toronto Rock lacrosse team for years. Uh, and then the... Second coolest interview I did is I interviewed John Tavares or oh. Tavares, however you want to pronounce it. Now that he's in Toronto, it's the Portuguese Tavares. Yeah. So at the time, he told me he didn't care, but it was more Tavares. But he said he didn't care. So which is just like anyway. So I interviewed him when I was eleven and he was sixteen. So it was his OHL rookie season. Yeah. And it was funny. I actually tweeted this out on July first, like when he signed in Toronto. He, there was this one quote where I asked him and I was like, like, obviously you can't control where you get drafted, but I was like, would you like to play in Toronto? And he said, uh, he basically said like, yeah, anywhere would be nice, but like, I've always wanted to play in Toronto or something like that. And which is pretty cool. Crazy. Because, like, he's <laughs> like here first. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny. Cause like every player in Toronto says that, but, yeah. like it was still a cool thing. And that got like a couple hundred retweets on the day of and so I and then I actually met him a few uh months later again at a at a charity like dinner and I knew he was going to be there so like brought him a copy of the article and like got him to sign it and then I like gave him a copy but it's funny because he signed it he wrote great article before he even read it and I was like I hope you like it (laughs) I'm like I was curious what he did with it yeah I'm like because he would have been like 16 still I feel like his parents must have kept it or something yeah I just don't know because he was just there and uh, he was there and yeah he like took it and I was like thanks and I was like oh I don't know if you remember this he's like yeah I remember this so uh, if I ever get the chance to meet him again I'll bring it up actually Uh, I I ran into his uncle who's uh, like the famous Mm -hmm. lacrosse player yeah lacrosse player yeah in the the summer also named John Tavares (laughs) if you haven't heard that one so he was coaching a hockey tournament uh, just like his own kids team and I saw on the roster sheet there was a Julian Tavares wearing number 91. And I'm like, your name's Tavares, you're in Toronto, you're wearing 91. And this was in June. And so it was a couple weeks before free agency. And I was debating going up to his uncle and being like, you heard anything? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I was like, no. But I talked to him a little bit. And I, like, I was like, oh, yeah, I like, uh, know who you are. And like my dad had actually interviewed him a few times in the past. So they knew each other. And so... Uh, yeah, that was just, I don't know, the Tavares family is super nice, and, uh... He's all ours now. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. So, uh, and so those are, that was a long way of answering my entry into <laughs> writing, but it's been a, it's been a fun career, and, uh, I've done some cool things since, but, uh, yeah, I know everything's gone downhill since I was 11, so... Did you, when you started working with Nation Network, you obviously didn't start with Leaf leaves nation no, I, I did that well it's because that's another oh that's a quick story but it's uh so they had i was like following the site for i don't know like a year and a, a bit or so yeah and uh they ran a contest that was like uh it was called like the next top blogger contest and they uh like at the time i mean we've gotten better about it now but at the time like most of their writers were unpaid and just kind of volunteer because like it's it's blogging and it's you know hard to have funds in it yeah and, like, of course. you know sometimes for most uh like mid-sized blogs you might have like one or two people that are paid and then everyone else just kind of does it because they like to write about hockey right and um 
So they had this contest and it was basically, yeah, you can, you get like a volunteer writing gig for the site, but we'll give you 200 bucks if you win the contest. Okay. And so I was like, I was interested. Uh, and at the time I was actually writing for the hockey writers, which is the worst piece of garbage on the internet. Yep. Um, <laughs> So if you're listening, it's so, it's so yeah, it, it is really bad. Uh, is so really I was bad. I started there, and then I realized things were like kind of messed up, and they were never really gonna pay me unless I hit some weird like goal and whatever. So it's so fucked. Like I've heard it's terrible. It's stories. like just like based on re- like readership. Yeah, it's based yeah. on readership. Yeah. You also need to hit like seven posts in a month. And then you get paid like per a lot of quotas per yeah and like so I wrote this one article. And also, they're not good. I wrote this one article that there that it was actually published the day of Roder's last game with the Devils, and I said he was the most overrated goaltender in NHL history. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Which I love is, it. Which is funny because like, I actually I can, I, can I pull it up? Yeah, you can. The thing that sucks is all the comments are deleted. Oh, you just got torched or what? Like, there was some. I got called a fan of almost every team in the book. I'm sure. (laughs) And the funny thing was, that was literally the most popular article for like three months. Oh, my God. Didn't make any money from it because I didn't write seven posts in that month. So Even though it probably drove so much traffic. Yeah, I kind of emailed the guy and I was like, hey, man, like, I'm not really in this for the money. Like, I'm just trying to get some experience. But like, come on. He's like... We have a set guideline, and I was like, okay. You're like, yeah. peace. And so He's then. you the template. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, okay, well, whatever. And Oh, you found it. Uh, we'll um, put it in the show notes. Uh, but so the thing was, I wrote it, and I was like, um, I like I knew it was going to be like inflammatory, but I said, I was like, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's not a bad goaltender. You're saying, you're saying currently, pretty much. No, when I was, was that? I part of it, I was like, what? I'm trying to... Like, anyway, yeah, so... Sorry, we're having such a hard time navigating the website because it hasn't been updated since 2006. It's so bad. So... Does it have clip art? <laughs> uh, so they have we, their views on each article? Yeah, uh, I guess. I don't know. Like, I, look, it's like, oh, this view... This, like, remembering Borea Salming has... 2,406 views. And Fine. How many does this one have? Uh, the, this... Anyway, so... I don't know. Uh... Got a little sidetracked there, but basically I was writing there. Why do you have Pavlik, a picture of Pavlik? Comparing them side by side. Oh. Andre Pavlik has already had had faced more extremely tough assignments than Rodur had. Well, that's not a sentence. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I think I, I, think I pulled out some stats and I was like, based, I think... Like, Brodeur, in his career, he, like, hit, like, 35 oh. shots, like, an alarmingly low. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just I just tried to, like, pull some random goalie, and I was like... Oh, okay. Like, I think Pavlik had more games where he faced more shots yeah, already. Yeah, people were like, oh, like, Brodeur had a tough job, and I'm like, I don't know, whatever. Not anyway, when they had the trap, but okay. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. So, <laughs> besides I'll, I'll the close, point... I'm going to close them. <laughs> besides the point, if you want to read it, I think it's called Exposing Martin Brodeur, Hockey's <laughs> Most Overrated Goalie. If you search Brodeur and overrated, it comes up actually. So, um, if you want to give them the clicks and the money I should have had, but oh, I, I should have went on Incognito. <laughs> the money I should have had. Anyway, uh, doesn't matter. Um, but so I was reading there, and so the Nation had this contest, and this is when uh, Steve Dangle was the managing editor, and he uh, so yeah he posted it and he posted this contest, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna enter. And I entered, and I um, I don't think we had to do a writing sample then. We, I think we might have had to say where, like, some a bit about ourselves. Like, we had to write, like, a 500-word blurb, and we had to... But I don't think we had to submit any articles. 
And so I just kind of, uh, I sent them a thing and, um, like it was getting quite a bit of traction actually, cause, um, people were pretty interested in it and like it got, we got a bunch of, or I shouldn't say we, cause I wasn't with them yet, but they got a bunch of traction and I just got an email one day from Steve. That's like, you're one of the top five applicants for this contest. And I was like, that's great. And Steve, uh, actually Steve sent me an initial email that was like, your resume looks like pretty strong. Um, like we're definitely interested, like we'll be in touch. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. And I, uh, so I got that and he, uh, so he replied and like, I didn't hear anything from him for like two weeks and I like emailed Steve and he's like, he's like, I'll get back to you. Like we're trying to figure something out. And I was like, okay. And then like two days later, Steve sends another email and he's like, yeah, guys, you can't talk about this, but I just got hired full time by Sportsnet. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to announce it. This this is like initially when he got hired. Oh, right? that's crazy. And we were like, oh, that's cool. And he's like, yeah, so um, like uh, Justin Fisher is going to be running the contest now. And I was like, okay, cool. So it was just kind of weird to like sit on that news because like obviously Steve's like a big name. This would have been 2014. So he was, if you're in the Leafs sphere, you probably knew him. But like he's blown up even more yeah, since then. Time, he's like yeah. hit probably a hundred thousand followers by now or close to it on probably. Twitter. Yeah. And you know, I was like on my TV 17 times a day. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so it was just funny. So yeah, then, uh, we ended up having like a couple like writing rounds in the contest. It was just like, we ate, we were assigned a couple different things to write. Like one thing was like, write your own thing. And then one thing we all got assigned the same thing. And then I think there was three things we had to do. There was five of us. I ended up technically winning and then they hired another guy as well. And, uh, Sean Reese, who worked there for a bit. And now I, I don't know about Sean. He's probably not listening, but, uh, he's a funny guy. He used to tell me things. He'd be like, Oh, I joined a Facebook group for, uh, <laughs> community housing and like, not like community housing, like where like you get like assistance or whatever. If you need yeah. housing, he'd be like, it was more like communal housing. He'd be like, he's like in like Northern Ontario. He's like, you live in like kind of a, like a tented off area with other people. I'm like, Sean, are you joining a cult? <laughs> like, he's like, oh, I'm in this Facebook group and it's like minimalist living. And he's like, I'm thinking about doing it. And I'm like, why? He's like, I don't know, man. Like just something to do. And he would always tell me about how he never wanted to move out of, he was living in Waterloo. And he's like, I don't really want to move out of here to Toronto, but I want to move somewhere. And he's like, why are there no good jobs here? And I'm like, because everybody works in Toronto anyway. Right, exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, you can get a job there, but like, you're going to have limits. And so he was like, yeah, maybe I'll just save up some money and live in like northern Ontario with these people for a few years. Like, you <laughs> yeah. will die. So I'm going to plant some hopefully trees. Hopefully he's still like. No, I like, I've like texted him recently, but he deleted his Facebook and his Twitter and I don't see him as much and I miss him. So if you're listening, Sean, <laughs> you probably aren't, but yeah. um, <laughs> So he also kind of got a, a thing on this site through the contest. And then I just kind of stuck around and uh, Justin left. And then uh, Jeff Fayette was running the site for a bit. And then Jeff left. That's basically it. And then they just were like, hey, Adam, you want to do this? And I'm like, sure. So. so in terms of like what your day-to-day looks like running the site, <laughs> what no, it's like the thing that you enjoy the most and maybe the thing you enjoy the least? Uh, yeah, I mean – I think my favorite times are actually probably like game times. Like I enjoy, like I usually run the Twitter feed during the games and it's like just kind of a battle, like trying to come up with like jokes and stuff. And (laughs) like, that's like kind of what I enjoy the most about it. Like I, 
And uh, I, I also like just do it because I like the people that I work with. You know, I yeah. I've like have a lot of friends there through there. Like most of the people on the site, I talk to almost every day anyway. Like yeah. just like just to keep in touch with them, but like I, you know, good friends with them anyway. So I mean, that's like yeah, I don't know. Like it, that's like the best part of it. Um, the worst part of it is when we break false rumors. Um, I don't know if that's a good segue, but yeah, uh, probably. I love it. So, oh, there we got a couple barkers in here. But oh my god. Um. Yeah, it's a great time. Yeah, so... Uh, Thomas, you're still here. You're <laughs> Thomas is just refreshing Twitter, looking for uh, a Florida what? trade. No. But, um, yeah, it's... So, Thomas, you got to tell us the story that uh, that Adam's alluding to. Yeah, Breaking so, false news. So, Adam's alluding to the time that I accidentally published that Neander was signed about two hours before he even actually signed a contract with false numbers. Not that uh, false. Not that false, actually. We got some information that was correct. Uh, yeah, so... You won't throw a source under the bus, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, One of the writers. The source was Carter. Carter. Oh, yeah, no, it was not Carter. Carter. It was, uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so I, I published it by accident. It was up for five minutes, and... What did Cam say it got view-wise? Like, we got, well, it, it got traffic-wise, uh, we got about four times on that article what we usually do in a day. Yeah. And the thing in was, that minutes. article it was itself only up for, was up for five minutes, but what we realized is it was linked on our Facebook page, and other oh people were God. sharing it on Facebook, so it would just, like, our homepage traffic got, like, a ton of traffic, because I guess people clicked the link and it was a dead link. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, basically from my perspective, uh, I told Thomas to write another <laughs> piece. That about, was, it was about Neyland. It was the yeah. Dreger. It was Dreger saying that, like, uh, the Leafs sent their their final offer, like, and the Neylander camp is currently mulling it mulling over. It over yeah. And, like, uh, yeah, and then it was missed. And then our source came in and said, like, while we were kind of discussing that and about me, like, publishing the Dreger thing, our source came in with numbers. And I was like, oh, so I'll update the Neilander hit that I'm already pre-drafted. And I'll put the numbers in. And I'll be like, okay, can I publish? And I took that as, can I publish the Neilander? And then Adam took it as, can I publish... The, the Dreger thing, thing that, I, that, I, that I already published because I just it was just yeah. a quick hit, so I just published it. So I didn't I didn't realize whatever. that other thing was up, and I think our headline was something along of like Soros William Neilander signs. It was deal. report, yeah, report. It was, it was, yeah, it was like report William Neilander signs like six point <laughs> six so six eight five, and uh, I'm sure there's someone with a screenshot and making us like all look dumb or whatever. Yeah, so basically we funny. we put out a number and then. Uh, the thing was that day was just like super stressful because I was like either he signs or he doesn't. Like, I don't know. I just knew like at five p.m. it was going to be like a a cluster of like unless he signed it. Like I like once it got to about three thirty, I'm like if he hasn't signed now, they're announcing it at five p.m. And yeah. and so I just put my phone down and I went on Twitter and I got a DM from a friend it was like what what is going on you guys reported this news about Neilander and I was like what breaking sources and I was like what he's like he's like he like sent it to me and I was like oh this is not good and I put my phone down 
And yeah, so I, I had like 20 text messages, like th- three messages on Slack, like four DMs that people were like, what's going on? Like what? And like, and I was like, this isn't good. And I just, I wrote a tweet and I just was like in the tweet. And I was like, yeah, we, uh, we uh, fucked up. So <laughs> sorry. Yeah, and I was like, so and I was like, it was not intentional. That was, that was like the wording. The tweet's still out there. You can find it. And, uh, then I told Cam and I was like, sorry, we messed up. Like you can apologize. And he's like, no, it's all good. Like, I understand. Like, as long as you just say you weren't trying to troll, like you deleted it right away. Yeah. Um, but it was just so stressful because we were like, what if he doesn't sign? Like, like, I mean, it's, <laughs> but it's true. Like we talked about best. it on the show. It was this reality, like as a Leafs fan where, you know, I, I talked to, talked about it for a while that things really started to look positive as a Leaf fan when they went up there and they picked, you know, William Nylander and, and not Nick Ritchie. No, and but look at Nick Ritchie now. I know, crushing look at it. Now he just he's so bad. Yeah, well, in comparison, right? <laughs> he's like, but you look at it. He I'm, I, sarcasm doesn't come across my voice very well. But like, it felt to me like if we couldn't, I say we like as the team here. But like, if We're it couldn't have got done, it was like a failure Fuck. of that one like really positive memory I had as a Leaf fan with things starting to turn around. So I get that kind of anxiety level that I think a lot of Leaf fans were facing. When you think about how the team's been performing lately, I'll start with you, Thomas. Do you think that there's reason to be concerned as a fan, but also, uh, you know, a a hockey fan? Just with how the Leafs have been performing as of late? No. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, like, they're fine. Like, the numbers are good. Like, it's fine in the long run, like, in the overall. Yeah. Like, there's some minute details that I would change, obviously, the fucking blue line. Like, it's uh, it's just not optimal of how they're using their players, from what I think, and really, what do I know? Uh, but, like, it's kind of obvious with some numbers, and Hainsey and Zaysev aren't really top caliber, be on play 40 minutes combined on a cup contender. Yeah. Yeah, type it's not of defenseman. Happen, yeah. So like, uh, so I think they'll trade for someone. And there's been rumors today about Zaitsev and Chris Johnson just reported uh, earlier today. Breaking news: uh, Zaitsev is probably the most likely to get traded out of Toronto. Um, I think that was his wording. He said it. He said it in comparison to Gardner. He said like. They'll probably rather trade Zaitsev and then re-sign Gardner than have Gardner walk. I yeah, but is thing. it is it addition by subtraction or is it just addition? Because I what feel like – let me explain. Like we, like the impact of getting rid of Hainsey and Zaitsev right. and putting in whatever guys they have now like Marincin and Hall or Rosen or Borg. Hall hasn't really impressed me this year. And like, mind you, he's not played very he hasn't much. Play, it's very but like, like – it sucks because Hall was dominant for the Marlies last year, and then this year, just based on such a small sample, and when he has played, he hasn't looked that great, but that could just be because he hasn't been playing. Do you think they immediately are a better team if they pull it, put in Marincin and Hall over Hainsey and Zaitsev? See, I don't know, but they also, I think Rosen's the best of their defensemen that aren't in the lineup right now. Like where does he go? He's on the left side. But I don't. Yeah. I don't really care. I think he I plays on the right Hain. side for the Marlies, though, yeah. doesn't he, Rosen? Uh, he I did. Know. I think we we're point. not. We're not Jacob Staller or Mike <laughs> Stevens. Oh, yeah. get they, them on the they do yeah. a way better job <laughs> of that than yeah. we do. It's true. Uh, 
Sure, but like I, I don't really care about handedness. Like, yeah, me neither. Like, so many people are freaking out about it. Like, it's sorry, I was just testing uh, how to pronounce that. Uh, I don't know if you can hear this one. He's uh, available for trade. Bogdan Kisilevich. Oh yeah. Oh, there we okay. go. Bogdan Kisilevich. So someone like that is he on the left side or right? He's a the left side guy. I think yeah. He's uh he's available. Apparently, he's played 31 games for the Panthers this year. Apparently. But if we're talking defensemen from the Panthers, you know I'm looking at Mark Pizik. I would love Mark. Do we not like him? You're looking at me like we don't like him. He's okay. I feel I, like I feel like this year it's been he's been bad. This year he's been actually I, I bad. feel like the the issue actually with a bad. lot of defensemen is not necessarily him, but like it seems like they have like a window. Like I think a guy like that fits this uh, description is like Chris Tanev, or um, I'll just say Chris Tanev because he fits it. Where they kind of like get like floated around and be like, oh, they're kind of like always available for whatever reason. Yeah, and like they don't get traded, and then like two years later, like another guy who probably fits that description. Although I don't know if he ever actually became bad or just teams didn't want him. Like Cody Franzen yeah. was always kind of a hot like. Yeah, pick up, like, you know, like, low-key analytics, good guy. Like, he, he may not put up a ton of points, but... Or, like, he actually, Franza did have a decent offensive output, but just kind of, like, under the radar. Um, but I think there's, like, the issue with a lot of the defensemen. And just, like, it happens with forwards, too, but forwards, you can usually tell if their production drops off. Like, defensemen, it seems like people kind of have this idea in their head of this is who a player is. And then, you know, like, yeah, just, like... I don't know, Tanev, it seems like, also, uh, if you're going to Vancouver, like Alex Adler, it seems like maybe those are two guys that if they moved on from them two years ago, they'd have better assets, but uh, now they just, you know, if they move them now, their their value's declining, and yeah. they're, you know, pretty far into the rebuild mode where those guys won't be on the team when they're good, and uh, it's almost like, you know, they just, they missed the boat because they're too afraid to to sell the the current piece is two years ago. Yeah. yeah, and I think if if Florida moved Pissick on in the summer, when everyone was so high, when everyone I mean, was so when high Leafs on him. Twitter was high on him, yeah, when yeah, basically, <laughs> totally offside, baby, basically that. Uh, shout out, totally offside. Uh, then yeah, they could have probably got like a second and a good prospect for him or something like just floating out value. But uh, now I they might get the same, but I wouldn't really want to pay that much for a defenseman like him. Yeah. Like, I'd rather, I'd personally rather have, from watching him more, obviously I watched um, Nick Jensen more than Mark Pissick, but Nick Jensen's been that type of defenseman that I think the Leafs need because he's so cheap, he's a UFA at the end of the year, and he's honestly, like, mobile enough to not be... Completely useless. And his defensive qualities seem to be. And, and he's good a really well. good defensive guy. Like it's so you and he's played the most, one of the most minutes like uh, on the Red Wings this year. So and he and you could get him for literally like a third round pick. Like he was healthy scratched earlier in the season. Like yeah. I don't think Red Wings are really holding out for a first round pick for him. Like for sure, it's not. It's those low ball moves that. You get higher value than what you pay for, right? Yeah, because really? I think even Mark Pissick or like a Pietrangelo, like you won't get what you pay, have to pay for him. Well, that brings up another good point. It's been floated around in thirty-one thoughts today. I think 
Might have been Bob McKenzie. I don't remember. One of those big boys. One of the big insiders. Might have been just Chris Chris Nichols, maybe. Chris. Not sure where I read it. But uh, that, you know, it's going to look like a guy like Kapanen or Andreas Janssen and a first-round pick might be in play. Maybe a combination of that those McKenzie. assets. Was McKenzie. Yeah. Perfect. Um, are you Doug. collectively, both of you here, at peace with the idea that uh, we may lose one of those assets if it meant bringing back a defenseman, and if so, which asset are you more comfortable? Uh, I think, like, I think if you're moving one of those players, you're probably looking at somebody who's not a rental, which is something that Dubas talked about earlier in the uh, earlier in the season. He was he did an interview with I believe Sportsnet, and he said we're not necessarily looking at rental players, and I, I think they'd probably be shooting higher than. Mark Pissick if they're trading away Kapanen. Sure, yeah. So I think you, like, I mean, yeah, if it's, like, if you're getting a a good player out of it, I mean, Janssen, I mean, both of them are kind of as as RFAs this summer, right? So, yeah, you wonder, like, Janssen kind of undersold himself on his contract this year where he was just kind of happy to be in the league and they probably just said to him, like, hey, if you want to play in the league still, we're going to give you this deal. And he's kind of like, okay, I can't really help right. much else. And, uh, I mean, it, like both of them are interesting because there's still half a season to go. So it's like, well, you know, does Kapanen score 15 more goals for the rest of the season and command a big payday? Or does he score six? Which right. Like both are possible. Yeah, exactly. Depends like where he plays in the lineup, you know? It. So, um, and, uh, so I think, uh, it'll be, uh, yeah, like I think, I think Dubas knows, like, I, I think he exhibited this with the Nylander thing. Like, you, you don't want to trade a good young player just to trade him and just, like, because you can. Like, you need to make sure that you're you're winning the trade. And you don't necessarily need to fleece another GM or anything like that, but I think it's okay to make trades that are, like, mutually beneficial. So, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, they'd have to be getting, like, a... I don't want to say, like, oh, here's a list of 10 guys I want and 10 guys I don't want. But I think, like, the, when it comes down to it, like, they shouldn't trade someone just because they think they need a de-upgrade if it's not going to be, like, a... An actual upgrade. Yeah, like a foundational piece, so... Yeah. I think the only... The only piece I would be fine with literally trading anything for would be Colton Pareko. Like, I... Yeah. I, I think... Matthews. Um, yeah, Matthews. For Nathan McKinnon and then just flip the McKinnon. Um, Brown and Nielsen. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Brown, <laughs> Gagne, and a second. Uh, no, like, I just think he's the type of player that will actually improve your whole team they so immediately much. become a better team with yeah. that. Yeah, and, like, it's, I don't think Pietrangelo is that player anymore. I He's good. Like, don't get me wrong, but I don't think what he would have to cost Mm-hmm. And this is maybe the Leafs get by with just paying them like a first in Grundstrom for Peter yeah, or but something. Like, but like it's that'd be insane. But yeah, I don't know. Um, like so maybe they just get low value because St. Louis is just being stupid. And uh, I think I'm but, good with either. I just feel like whatever is going back the other way is where I get stuck. Like if it meant that you were going to get Pareko. Like, say, say, for example, Janssen and a first and maybe, like, a B prospect 
equaled Pietrangelo, would you be willing to do the same thing if it meant Kapanen and Janssen's place for a guy like Pareko? Yeah. You'd do it? Yeah. I think they, I, I, I would rather trade Kapanen over Janssen right now. Yeah. I feel Because his value is the highest. and He's going to ask if, for more money, I would imagine. He's going to ask. Season. He's going to ask for, I don't know if he's arbitration eligible. I don't think he is. is. Um, Carter's still here, eh? I know, it's crazy. What do you you think about the Leafs? What? I don't know. You got to talk louder into the microphone there, bud. I don't know. I I just think there's a lot of weird shit going on right now. Just like, I don't know. This guy's tuned. He doesn't know. I think there's a lot of weird shit going on too, Carter. I, I just, I look at things like, so I've been arguing for a long time that like, so I'm just going to, like, circle back to Nylander, like, really quick, touch on him, then, like, move on. We would all like to touch Nylander, so. I know, with his new haircut. But, no. His aunt cuts his hair, eh? Isn't that yeah. awesome? Really? Yeah. Really? Yep. He doesn't go to, like, some, like, stylist No, he said, uh, he said his aunt was over in town, and uh, she cut his hair, so. No, so, like, <laughs> with him, like, he lost his edge completely. Like, he lost the mental edge, and you can see it. And so things kind of got poisoned within like the player realm of the organization from that point on and then all this Jake Gardner bullshit going on um, good segue good segue I don't know I just think there's a weird like cloud looming over the Leafs right now because they're like obviously Gardner is like amazing but if he's going to be like if he's going to rack up the points that people think he's going to finish with he's obviously going to ask for like a huge contract to get re-signed and so it's going to be like it's going to be interesting to see what they actually end up doing moving forward because do you like there's that whole notion like it it costs a lot more to sorry I'm just taking photos for Twitter but continue (laughs) that's okay it costs a lot more to like to like integrate a new customer than it does to retain an old one right and so I'm gone for two minutes in the business analogies. No, like so. so if, yeah, if you think of I, Gardner, I understand what you're saying. So you're gonna spend all this money, like dishing somebody who's, like, the problem obviously is not Gardner, and so like you're gonna spend so, all this money trying to dish him rather than keeping him. So if now I'm just like going galaxy brain kind of. I view what Gardner contributes to the team and what potential Pietrangelo contributes is the exact same. Yeah. Because their games are similar? Well, just like or just straight value. up value. Yeah. Like straight up but what they contribute so offensively least, and defensively. The Leafs organization, like a lot of people kind of negate this, but it's an extreme media hub. There's a lot of other things that come with being a Maple Leaf than simply playing the game. Yeah. Like there's true. a lot of things that you have to carry mentally it's, and... Like getting stupid bloggers to write about fucking shit, but but it's it's an organization that carries like a mental capacity like no other in the NHL. Maybe Vegas, like kind of. Montreal probably does to a degree. No, I'm just talking about the other bullshit that goes. Oh, like the city itself. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think I think though I can't remember where I read it, but it was a piece with a lot of like the Golden Knights, and they were like. Yeah, it's like Vegas, but you're also here all year long, and like it's yeah. not like you like you walk into the strip once and you're like, wow, this is fascinating. And then after a while, it's like this is just like your downtown. Yeah. Like it's not like and and like no one really goes there because the rinks. Yeah, yeah, like, like, the, like the, the the everyone lives in the suburbs and like, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, but I think it's also like 
like like the Vegas allure will fade in the next yeah. couple of years. It's like the expand like they were obviously fun and everyone liked to follow them because they were the expansion team. But um, and like yeah, maybe they got a little bit of like I don't know the Vegas hangovers or whatever that helped them out. I don't know if it did, but there's a lot of things going on there. But um, it's yeah, it's like a, I, I guess it's just like a different yeah. thing. Like it's not no, like, it, it's different. I'm just saying like the yeah. the Toronto carries a weight. And I'm saying the only other team that might be able to compare is either a Montreal or a Vegas. Well, I think, yeah, like you can look at some markets too, like in Edmonton too, where. Oh, yeah. That's the only thing going on. It's a different, yeah, yeah, I think it's different, but like, yeah, like everybody in town knows the Oilers, right? Yeah. And like that's like a, yeah, maybe you're not on national TSN every day, but like people know what's going on with the Oilers. Yeah. And like, so, and, uh, I think yeah, like there's there's some tough markets, but at the same time, I think like like it's, it's some players like love playing here, obviously, right? And yeah. like especially John playing. Tavares. I think I think the biggest thing for Jake Gardner, and it's kind of how I felt about like GVR, although it was a bit different because obviously they're bringing in like a a big name player. Is like you've been in this organization for some bad years, and is your like, are you getting a payday somewhere else? Like, I keep thinking that Jake Gardner is going to go to Minnesota because he's from Minnesota. Probably won't. The narrative. I don't think they have the space. Yeah. But Just being, like, stupid, like... Not after the big Pontus uh, Aberg move, so... <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, but you, like, you just <laughs> His wonder... His coming out, man. You just wonder, like, at what point are you saying, like, yeah, okay, obviously he's had some negative nights, but I think, like, in the long run, like, is Jake Gardner going to remember being booed and, like three weeks maybe he will maybe he won't i don't know it was like one thing right so like i just wonder like long term you're gonna say hey i was with this organization through some terrible years they're finally good and then i'm just gonna go play for like literally whoever because they want to give me an extra seven hundred thousand dollars a year like maybe but yeah it's a lot of money but like yeah it is but it, it also is like but i think i think the one thing i saw that was like the most Toronto Maple Leafs thing ever. There was a Brad Boys autograph signing in Toronto recently. Nice. Recently. Like, Before like he went to go year. play in Switzerland <laughs> this year? Like, or no, I'm thinking of Dominic Moore, never mind. It was like a Brad Boys autograph signing. And like, there was people lined up for it. That's fucked. And like, Brad Boys played here for one year on a terrible team. On the, literally the worst Leafs team yeah, in like a while. Possibly ever. Um, like, the, the, it was one of the few Leafs teams where they were intentionally bad. There was a few. There was a lot of unintentionally bad yeah, teams. Yeah. But yeah, for sure. So I think, uh, like, it's I like, just I don't know because like you know players have agents and they have. I believe Jake Garner had a child recently. Yeah. Or he, uh, he got married. He's he having one. No, he does. You're right. He does have a kid. Yeah. He does. Have so a kid, yeah. it's just it's just like those kind of things and like you know you're you're entering like a new locker room like obviously he's been in the league but he seems like it's a comfort. quiet guy right so. Yeah. Like, I, I just wonder if, like, the Leafs might kind of lowball him a bit. And to see if they can get it done. And yeah. to do, like, just kind of more not personal, like, expanded thinking. But, like, so we were doing the Petrolangelo, like, comparison. Yeah. So Petrolangelo's only gone con- contract one more year. If you could get Gardner for, like, four more, a four year extension. Yeah. Like I think you'd do that right away. I yeah. I think the Leafs would do that right away. Yeah. But I don't know if Gardner would because what that that he time he'd be 32. Four years though. Sorry? Like what what do you think you would take for 4 years though? Like but at that point like if you if 
fans really want Pietrangelo. He's still making what six mil? Like he's still making six six million six two or something. something. Like people yeah. really want Pietrangelo for some reason because like he's available and blah blah, blah. and he's Canadian and played under Babcock all this stuff. Friends with Dougie Hamilton. Friend, friends with everyone, and then Dougie will come and yeah, it'll be great. In twenty twenty one, it'll be great. Fingers crossed. Um, like. But, like, if they want him still for that money, like, would you get Gardner at six for four more years? Like, or he's making four right now. Do you think five point five gets it done? Like, I don't think he'll go as high as six. I think on an open. I think he'll on an open market. He he gets six. Yeah, he he gets six by six. Six point six by like six point five. Like easy. Yeah, but I'm saying like if he resigns with the Leafs. Like, they can yeah. get him for lower than six. Yeah, I think they're big. But that's also, I think, why you do that, and then you trade a guy like Kapanen who will yeah. get $4 million or yeah. something. Yeah, that, that was my argument. And then you get you Pareko, get who's only making, he's making way less than he deserves. You get Gardner for under market value, and he adds a lot more to the team than... Well, and then you hope that you can fix the bottom pairing, because I know it's so easy to be like, oh, yeah, we got to get that top number one right-handed defenseman or, like, one or two. And then, for me, like... Nick Jensen, love that idea. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Is he UFA? I don't think he's like he's a top four him. guy, but even as a six, perfect. But you he's. Li- I mean? But like, also, it's everyone's saying like, oh, but then what about Dermot? Like, but like, I think him Gardner being there, like big brain, whatever, saves the least money too because Dermot will cost less. Right, because you keep pushing Dermot down. You keep down. pushing Dermot down. Be like, oh, you're just like a, the fifth best defenseman. Like, what do you want like four million for? Yeah. Oh, I selfie get that time. Selfie in there. Love Li- lives. Carter selfie. Now, um, and like, yeah. So, do you, would you move Lilligren in a trade for Pareko? Yes. Okay. No. Would you move Sandine in a trade for Pareko? Yes. No. I do actually want to quickly ask that. I always say to Adam or well to both of you like you guys have like a real big pulse on the leaf fans do like is there this weird shift right now where everyone's over lilligren and everybody's like really about sandine and they don't really care about lilligren as much Uh, anymore it's coming a bit i mean it's interesting because i think the the thing for lilligren about me is like so he was like (laughs) a potential number one draft pick which almost never happens as a defenseman yeah so like you kind of knew it wasn't happening, but um, I think the thing for me is like he was hyped as this guy, and then obviously his draft stock fell. And I think there was this weird thing where people just kind of assumed that like it shouldn't have fallen. Like everyone knew why it fell because he had mono and whatever, and didn't like he played on a couple different teams and didn't really get to develop and yeah. whatnot. And like he didn't really get to show off. Like people loved his his. Uh, Draft minus one year, I guess. Like the year, yeah. is that the draft minus one or the draft minus two? Like the year, draft, of, what? Well, there's like his draft years, and then it's like draft minus one is like drafts. the year before his draft year. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's playing like Roglas still, right? Like his 16 turning 17 year old year, rather than his 17 18 year. He, um, like, so I think the thing was with Leafs fans is like a lot of people were like, oh man, they snagged this like future top pairing guy. Like 17th in the draft. Yeah. Where it, it's like, I remember I was looking at his like numbers, which they're not everything for a defenseman, but like he's, you know, bringing out the big name comparisons. And the, like the biggest mm-hmm. issue with like 
defensemen playing like pro in Sweden and like even defensemen playing in the AHL is like you're doing like a lot of extrapolation and like yeah you'll see the charts that come across on Twitter and it's like oh here he is compared to every other 17 year old defenseman and 18 year old defenseman and it'll be like Eric Carlson like <laughs> especially so, if it's from Sweden like Eric Brandstrom guy you've never heard of Victor from Hedman. like 95 yeah like, Victor Hedman yeah like, like there'll be some big yeah. names in it Ekman so Larson. I think like it's just it's just one of those things you kind of hope he's up there, but um, at the same time, like there's I mean I haven't watched him enough. Like you see glimpses of his game, and you know I, like I watched the Marlies a couple times in the playoffs last year. I mean I've talked to people in the organization. I mean by people in the organization, I mean like Mike Stevens and Jacob Stoller. <laughs> people that watch the Marlies every single and game. So uh, like I've heard that yeah, San, Sandin seems to have kind of like he looks a bit more impressive, a bit more polished. Yeah, and. Um, it's also interesting, too, because, like, their draft positions are only, like, 10 spots off. And, like, they're what? Like, I don't know the number of defensemen that were taken, but it was probably... Lilligren was probably the third or fourth defenseman taken in the draft. That year, yeah. And Sandine was maybe seventh. Like, yeah. Like, it's not that big of a difference, right? Yeah. Lilligren was, like, the sixth. So... Sorry, numbers. Yeah, so yeah, what, they're... Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're both taken and not in the top five of the draft, and... I think it's just, um, yeah, like, I think the uh, biggest thing is, like, Lilligren's the right-handed defenseman and it might develop, but it, it kind of depends because I think the one thing with the what the Leafs aren't doing, which some people feel like they should do, is they're not going all in on this year because they want to be set up for the future, but at the same time, it seems like this year might be their best year out of the next two or three yeah, right. because... Uh, because they'll still have Jake Gardner, because they'll still have Kapanen on that cap hit, Janssen, um, like there's, you know, maybe they still have like the, a Ron Hainsey and whatnot and a couple other pieces that they don't love, but they can fix those, you know, like, or they can make a couple moves and yeah. sort that out and they don't have, you know, Matthews and Marner making their millions, like they're still in their entry level deals, so... I think it's like a tough thing. Like I think you'd have to you'd have to bring in enough of an impact piece, and like you'd have to be getting like a a top pairing person, or at least if you're bringing in like a a three or a four defenseman, they would have to be one who's signed to a good deal because right. there's no point of like bringing in a like a problematic a contract yeah. for like yeah. I can't like really I don't know like I'm just trying to think like. Uh, just like an example of a defenseman that would be on like a decent contract that isn't like like I don't want to say Mark Pissick because it's just like another guy like I'm thinking a guy who signed for like four more years like a oh fuck like a pretty, uh, pretty like close. a Steven John years. yeah Steven no, John like a oh, isn't he like a seven defenseman wasn't he getting scratched yeah he was I, don't I get what you're saying I, I like, think what are, they, what are they doing though if they're not going to call because if you think of where they're projecting to end it like finish off at the end of the season yeah like what round are they realistically gonna? Well, I think like, the funny slot well, the playoffs play? are fucked. Like it's, I don't, I like it doesn't really like, matter what. If you can get in, there's because they're just gonna. Screw you can get in. The there's a chance. Yeah. Well, I think <laughs> I think the interesting thing is because you can, you don't have to sell out to say we're still like, like it's not like you show up to the playoffs and be like, oh fuck, boys, we we're gonna lose this. Yeah. Like, game over because we didn't get Pareko. But I think there's like a difference between that and like, hey, like we've got a pretty decent team. But I think the funny thing is like. So many Leafs fans are just resigned to the fact that they're going to lose in the first or the second round. And that, like, I understand they're not favorites in the second round if they match up against Tampa. And if they face Boston, that's like, 
you know, this weird kryptonite where they should be better than Boston, especially this season. Mm-hmm. And like they, you know, lost to them three times. But um, I think it's just funny how like, like even the best team in an NHL, like in the NHL, like Tampa's cup chances are like what, 23%, 24%. Yeah. Like your chances in a series, like even if they're, even if it's a 30, 70 favorite, you have like a three in 10 chance. That's like, if you go to a baseball oh. game, you watch a hitter, like, you know what I mean? Like, that's still, yeah. like, it's not like it's like, oh, man, the Leafs are terrible. Like, they're, I don't know, you you can't really put them any I, lower than, like, the fifth, sixth best team in the league right now. Right. Even but, if they're I, struggling, it's a good point. I think, like, Leafs fans, because they the team has been so bad for so many years, they, they almost... want it to still be bad. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. Why can't we go back to that? Um, have, like, this inferiority, like, complex. They're, like, we don't know what it it feels like to be cheering for a, like a good team right like in a, in the modern nhl pretty much yeah like, it's true like because so we panic so we like, we panic and don't have this like fuck you attitude we're the fucking leafs like yeah like because i don't think be like so what we lost we're losing against boston in the regular season like it doesn't fucking matter yeah like it's like, they beat them four times last year. They beat them, and they swept the series two years ago. Right. And we beat them four out of, no, it was three out of four times. Or like no, something. last year they, last year they swept the series. So what you're yeah. saying is is that we just need to be more confident. More, and that's the whole thing. And the same thing with, like, it's generally in Canada, too. Like, people are, like, too meek, like, polite. Like, oh, your team's probably better than mine. Like, yeah. no, we're the fucking Leafs. We have John fucking Tavares. Yeah. We have Austin fucking Matthews. Can we clip this <laughs> like, for something? John fucking Tavares. Like, it's, I don't know, like, it's... You should I go think just that. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I think just, like, everyone should just, like, be much more confident and, like, in this team than how it's playing. Sure, there's bad games, like, against Colorado on Monday, but, like, so, like... No team's perfect. They're like no team can go 18, 82 and zero. Like I think you may have just sold me on being a bit more confident instead of like, getting scared. It's not. It's nothing. Like, and hockey's still weird. Anyways, we're like a team like the Ottawa Senators in was it twenty seventeen go twenty seventeen playoff the Eastern yeah. Conference Final and like our goal away from the Stanley Cup Final. Like it's yeah. it's completely messed up. Like yeah. you just need one good player. Like a hot and, goalie, and we have usually. a and we have a lot of them. Yeah. To just go and be good for a long stretch of time. Like, I don't know. Like, it's... I love it. We might have to, like, end the Leaf segment on that note because I don't think any of us are going to come up with as passionate of a... Because I'm fucking pissed, man. I know. <laughs> I love it. Let's let's move on to some other stuff that's going on in the NHL. But before we do that, we do absolutely have to look at the Just Win Baby <laughs> Fantasy League. Yes. Cue the music. Just win, baby. Just win, baby. If you don't know, and this is your first time listening, because you saw Adam's name, and you're like... My first time listening, so... (laughs) What's up? And if you saw Adam's name, you're like, oh, fuck, I have to listen to that episode now. Uh, (laughs) True. Uh, Thanks, Adam. Timothy Lilligren apparently got injured tonight. 
in the oh, I saw that. playing for fucking Newfoundland. I'm playing done. for Newfoundland. I'm so fucking done, man. He can't get traded now. He's literally on a conditioning <laughs> stand against fucking Maine. Like, yeah. get oh my fucking god. Okay. Uh, anyways, um, so if you haven't listened, this is our fantasy league that we run between the three of us. Uh, it is we just. Before the season started, we drafted teams. We each have 10 teams, and we left out Ottawa because we thought they'd be so bad. We drafted teams the night that we went to that thing with Adam, didn't we? Oh, yeah, we drafted uh, after the night the, after we hung after out with the you. Athletic after the athletic event. Yeah. yeah, that was fun night. Yeah, so, so we drafted, and then we all have 10 teams, and we're just accumulating their wins. Just straight-up wins. Just win, baby. Just win, baby. Um, okay, so in... This is getting so familiar. In third place... Carter's just, like, stretched out on the couch of the beard in his hand. He's so in third place is Carter Lupel, Mr. Carter Lupel, with uh, 227... You want to say number two? <laughs> two, 227 <laughs> wins. Uh, your Who's top, his top team? The Jets. And your worst team? The Panthers. Uh, yeah. Uh, and in second, uh, second place, it hasn't changed much. Uh, second place is the host of the podcast, uh, Chris Kellingsworth. Uh, How many points back am I? Two, two. You have two thirty-three wins, so you're Ooh, six points, far, six far, points maybe? above Carter. It's uh, a weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could be. But mine, and yeah. you have the you have the light, <laughs> you have the lightning. I still have the lightning. You still have the lightning with thirty six, but you have the Blackhawks with only sixteen wins. Henry Yokoharju, uh, baby. Yeah, Spe- who got picked after Lilgren. What so it is, imagine, what it is. imagine the least picked Yokoharju. Imagine the Oxy brain. Uh, we still have Dylan Strom, though, baby. Yeah. Uh, and first place is me. With a total of 10 wins more than Chris. You were literally two wins away from me last week. I know. I jumped. so far away. Uh, I rigged the spreadsheet. I didn't rig anything. Yeah. I have the Sharks at 28. I have the Flames at 30. Oh, I forgot. You have the Flames, I have the too. Blue Jackets, who are on a hot streak, 28. I have the Caps, 27. What's the Ducks again? Do I have the Ducks? Uh, yeah, yeah, Chris has the Ducks. Oh, oh fuck. That's yeah, doing that's why you're so fucking <laughs> great for me. Uh, and I have 243 wins. You have Getzlaff's curse right so now. So if you, if you don't know, our prize of this league is uh, a jersey of the winner's choosing, and the other two has to buy it. So if you win, what's your jersey? Um, I week? think... Because we change it every week. I think, honestly, I might go... A Sveshnikov Canes third jersey. Okay. The black, the black one. Not the Whalers? Not the Whalers. What jersey would you pick? Oh, um, Any well, jersey. I Any have jersey. a similar deal with Cam uh, Lewis at Coombe um, about the Oilers making the playoffs or not. So, <laughs> But it's, 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 well, it's different because we're doing it with a jersey. And we decided that it just has to be something ridiculous. And you'll just, like, if you lose, then you have to buy it for yourself and wear it. So... Um, Basically, I decided that if he, uh, if it's basically if the Oilers don't make the playoffs, then Cam has to buy himself a jersey. So we decided, I decided because he's a Jays fan, I'd make him buy a Jays 27 jersey and it would just say my thick son <laughs> for Vlad uh, Guerrero Jr. So uh, if the Oilers do make the playoffs, Cam's going to make me buy something stupid. So I don't know what that is yet, but um, is it a Sundin Vancouver jersey? 
Ugh. I, uh, <laughs> although I also made another bet. I make some like somewhat ridiculous bets sometimes. Like I told Cam the other day, I was like, if uh, Yessie, Pooley RV, I, I pronounce it Yessie. Um, yeah, I think that's how you actually pronounce yeah, it. Yeah, so uh, Yessie. Um, if he gets traded in the next 98 hours, <laughs> which was as of yesterday, I was like, if he gets traded in the next 98 hours, so, you know, a few days, um, I said I would buy the jersey, whatever team he goes to. So maybe, maybe like, you know, whatever team ends up with uh, Pooley RV. Thing is though, is like, I know Adam's good for it because one of the first times we ever spoke, you were like, I'm going to get a Lafreniere Ramuski jersey. <laughs> no, I already had it. You, oh, you had already yeah, had it. Maybe no, almost, you had just ordered it. I tweeted it. about it. Yeah, you yeah. tweeted and you're like, should I buy this? And you're like, 10 minutes later, like, fuck it, I bought it. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was a fun one. Yeah, no, I, bought like that, I bought that one actually. I was debating doing it and I had some like, I had some spending money and I was like, I need to buy myself a jersey. It's been a while. I love questions it. for the mailbag. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Can yeah. I write for... Oh, they got some good ones and there. And I, uh, I was on the bus coming home one night and I was like, I'm just going to buy it on the bus on my phone. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I ordered it from the uh, Ramuski store. The thing that was nice about that was uh, I got the jersey. It was like 200 something like the jerseys usually are. But they didn't charge me any extra for shipping and they included a free t-shirt. Oh shit! Oh, love so that. That was just—it was just nice of them, and it's like it's a CCM jersey too, right? So oh, those fit way better, I think. I love the CCM yeah, jerseys. Yeah, yeah they're nice. nice. Um, looking at these teams briefly, who do you think will win? Uh, just like just looking at, well, you're. I think it's it's actually interesting because like the distribution of it's only like a sixteen wins difference over the course of the season yeah. so far, and like we're about halfway. So. Um, <laughs> I don't understand why you're splitting Ottawa because you all get them anyway. No, so we we're, we're we like it's a question, so we just left it. it out. Oh, okay, so you're not splitting Ottawa. No, no. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> what are you watching? He's showing me this video. <laughs> this is great podcasting. He it so funny. He's just Can we show it to the listeners? <laughs> <laughs> What's uh, the video? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> It's horrifying. I hate this. Oh, it's frozen. No, it's not. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway. <laughs> Holy fuck. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, no, I was just... Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, I think that, you know, they're probably a pretty accurate representation of how they are right now. <laughs> like, I think it's probably going to end up similar. Like, I don't think that's a hot take. It's just, like, you're already no. in first and you have some good teams and I don't know if I can count on the Devils and the Red Wings. And uh, do you think Carter picking the Kings uh, with his fourth pick—that was, was a great choice. Well, hold on. That's when we were like, let's, let's not. First off, we were all drinking and we were like so excited about Kovalchuk at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I was so, so I, I was such not. A big for <laughs> yeah, that was. Fun. Um, yeah, that's fucked. So that's that's where we're at now, which Wait, is do good. Do we call to them know. boners now, or do we call them Raminas? Oh my god, what does that mean? <laughs> what? Uh, Spe- let's look. Speaking of. Uh, I can't think of speaking a segue. Of You're really of, working on a segue here. I'm really, I'm really working on a segue. Uh, sp- <laughs> you know I'm not. Oh, 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 oh. Um, speaking of looking. No, we're not talking. Um, I'm trying to think. What's? Do we talk about glasses or something? Glasses? What? So. You have 2020 vision. Yeah. But you know what's not happening in 2020? What? The World Cup. Oh. 
that's a I mean, reach. You're, you're okay. saying it's not happening. It's not happening. You so just you just don't think it's going to happen. Well, isn't, isn't that what Chris Johnson said? Oh, is that is that like reported? Well, yeah. it was reported that the NHL and NHLPA uh, seem to think it's unrealistic for next World Cup to happen in 2020, and that's mostly because they are still working out the continuing collective bargaining talks. So the league and the PA announced the conclusion in separate statements today that there's not enough time to put together a World Cup in 20 months. Uh, Adam, you remember when the World Cup was going on. Did you enjoy it as a fan? Oh, yeah. No, I loved it. It was funny. I, uh, yeah, I was saying this to you before the podcast. I think one of the funniest things about the World Cup is like people on Twitter, I mean, that's mostly where I saw it because I don't talk to people in real life. They were just like... <laughs> mad about it when it was ha- like but when it was announced they were mad about the format they were mad that it was just in toronto they were mad about like everything and then like it happened and people like these games are actually super fun and like people thought team north america was gimmicky and then they saw the roster and they're like, actually like all these players it's cool they got a chance to be there yeah and then like team europe everyone's like this is like the worst hockey team ever assembled they shouldn't even be an nhl roster and then they made the final and they were so fun yeah and it was fun so i think yeah like it's just it's okay to have gimmicks like it's a fun sport like i don't know why it's it seems funny because it seems like the Board same people who are mad about the nhl for not being any fun are also yeah. mad that the world cup was trying to be fun and yeah like um I also think it's hilarious because, like, they talk about, like, putting it together and whatever. And I'm like, it's, like, a two-and-a-half-week tournament or so. It's, like, it's yeah. not very long. Mm-hmm. There's, like, 16 games, like, and they're just played in, like, one arena. Like, how much do they need to coordinate? Like, what's there to, like, bargain about? Like, so I think it's just funny. And I think the worst thing they did was they announced the rosters way too far in advance. Because um, I remember they announced them in, like, March or something. Yeah, they like, were announced oh, yeah. really early. Yeah. And, like, they had this thing with the NHL, which I don't think it's, like, the worst thing that the NHL wants to control their, uh, their like, market on international hockey and, like, whatever. If you don't get the Olympics, like, if that's what you're going to have, it's, like, it's fine. I don't think it's, like, the worst thing in the world. Just the players need to, like, because I actually have a, a good Team Europe story. So I ran into this guy once at a bar. And I started talking to him, and he says, uh, I, I knew the bartender. The bartender, like, introduced me. He's like, yeah, this guy's actually really good friends with Justin Williams. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And he's like, yeah, yeah, like, uh, Willie and I, he started calling him Willie. And I'm like, oh, so you're like, we're actually friends. He's like, yeah, Willie and I, uh, yeah, we grew up together. And like, uh, he was a couple years older than me, but like, we grew up together. And, you know, I just knew him and like, I've kept in touch with him in like the (laughs) NHL. And I was like, oh, that's cool. He's like, yeah, so, uh, you know, I was friends with him. Sometimes he'd fly me down to LA and whatever. And I'd go see him in LA. And I was like, okay, okay. And then he's like, so, of course, I'm friends with Kopitar, too. And I was like, yeah, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, that's right. what I think, like, most people I'm uh, meeting in Toronto bars, like, you're just friends with Kopitar, too, casually, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so I was talking to him, and I was like, okay, uh, yeah, like, that's cool. Like, yeah, I was talking. He's like, oh, I'm interested in hockey. And he's like, yeah, so uh, Kopitar and I, like, when Team Europe was in Toronto, he's like, for the World Cup, we went out drinking every single night. And I was like, that's fun. And he's like, yeah, like, before the games or not he's like not, not, not like the days of the game he's like he's like after the games like night of the games like every night they were here like everybody went out we had a blast and he's like this one night during the world cup of hockey we were at this club in toronto and we had two sticks there kopitar signed one of them we were selling it like i was djing that night and we were selling it and i signed kopitar's autograph stick for like 150 bucks he's like that's not a lot of money for kopitar and i was like 
no, not really. And he's like, I went up there. He's like, I'm a no-name DJ. I signed my sick and I auctioned it off for 200 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, so I just made fun of Kopitar for that. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And I was like, I don't have any impressive stories, but uh, that's a good one. So <laughs> I didn't really know what to say to this guy afterwards. And I was like, that's fun that you're friends with Kopitar and, and Williams. Um, good for you. But uh, so anyway, World Cup of Hockey would be super fun. Like I said, I don't really realize why it's like such a hard thing to put together. There's like not that much logistically involved. Yeah. Obviously, like it's not. I'm not saying like the sports business is easy, but at the same time, it's like okay, you got you know a couple jerseys drafted up. You know, get your teams thrown together. You can do it in Toronto. I mean, they could do it in Vancouver, Montreal, a place where they know yeah. it would do well, like, like Toronto, New York, Montreal. even. Yeah, you could do yeah. New York, or, Chicago. Yeah, like was. There wasn't multiple. Austin. There wasn't multiple in arenas. It was, just, it was just at the ACC yeah. in two thousand sixteen. But in two thousand four, they did a couple cities. Yeah, in yeah. Six, they did a few cities. They just make I think it a tour, fine, man. Like, I mean, I'm not the first person, nor will I be the last person to say it. But like, Team North America was like one of my favorite things to watch as a hockey fan. Yeah. I was legitimately hoping that they would play Team Canada and beat Team Canada yeah. because yeah. they were so fun, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely disappointing. And I wonder if, you know, let's say, for example, a CBA is, is done and there's no lockout, if they're able to scrape something together quickly. Because I know I really enjoyed it. But way it goes, we're not too far away now from, uh, you know, well, I guess we're in trade season. We've seen a couple of smaller yeah. moves happen so far. Um, <laughs> I wanted to just quickly pull up a couple of names here from – TSN's trade bait board and just ask you guys where you think these people might be going. So this board was updated later uh, this evening here. Now we talked about Matt Duchesne and Mark Stone on the last interview, but a name that's getting a lot of love right now are two guys who play a quote unquote heavy NHL game. So uh, I'll throw it to you guys. We'll go one by one. And I'm curious to see where they land and if you think the team who acquires them is going to overpay. So we'll start with you, Carter. Uh, where do you think Wayne Simmons ends up? And do you think a team overpays for um, this power forward who's likely going to get injured? I have, a, I have a thing that I would like to say beforehand. <laughs> Go ahead. I think, it guess, be, baby. I think it would be nice if we, uh, if you before you introduced a player, you introduced their current contract. Oh, and just so it's like there's a bit more background, so the people who are listening are not like I yeah, love hey. that. Like, Yo, pull up cap friendly pull or up NHL, NHL numbers. Sorry. NHL numbers. Fuck. Affiliated with the Nation Network. Yeah, pull it's up. Actually, a great website. It's it's gone through a lot of changes. It has. I've actually it used it recently. And it's it's, a, it's got a nice uh, overview. So. That's actually a good call. So, like uh, like Adam had said, we're gonna read their current cap situation, uh, current cap hit. Where we, and then you're going to answer where you think they're going and if you think that the team's going to overpay for them. You ready, Carter? Yeah. We're going to start with Wayne Simmons. Okay. And what do we know about Wayne Simmons, so, Mr. Thomas? He's, he's playing... Oh, Thomas, sorry. <laughs> no, just to give, get some context oh, together. No, wait. What? He does play in Philadelphia. does wear an A. Yeah. Um, what's his contract, Thomas? His contract is... Oh, it's cheap. It's three point seven five million. I yeah. believe. Yeah, that's it. And who's the biggest team on the block? Is it three point nine seven five? Is it Winnipeg? That's. I could see him going to the West for cool. sure. But does, doesn't Winnipeg have the the gears on him right now? I think Winnipeg or Nashville is what I had read about recently. Teams that are looking for like a big 
net front presence on the power play. Yeah. Where would you like to see Wayne Simmons land? So I, I, have, a, I have a bit of heart for Winnipeg this year, so I actually would like to see those rumors come true. Um, just Thomas is shit. I just hate Winnipeg. So. I know, I hate Winnipeg. I just have a weird bet going with Winnipeg right now, so I want to see Winnipeg do well. Uh, um, but no, yeah. Winnipeg would be cool. Um, I don't know, it would be nice to see him go to the West, but right now my... My um, my money's on win- Winnipeg. My money's on Winnipeg, and I think they will overpay for him. Yeah, I think any team that's acquiring Simmons is uh, thinking it's going to be the Wayne Simmons that we've seen in previous years. But this year, his season has not been good. remarkable. Where do you think he lands, Thomas? I'm thinking a team like the Islanders. Okay, I'm I. Go ahead. <laughs> and they and they will overpay because it's the Islanders. Yeah. Uh, Noah Dobson and a first, or that's underpaying. No, I'm just oh, I just don't like Noah Dobson. Uh, okay, <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, I I could see him going to a team that is on the cusp of the playoffs, but not like one of the top seeds in the conferences. Okay, like. Uh, so he's got uh, sharks twenty one points in forty six games. Like, he's not he's, terrible, and he's thirty. Yeah, he's one of the older UFAs in like the top ten here. Yeah, but I, uh, yeah, I could see a team. Hmm. I have a my okay. take. Yeah, yeah, go, you're go taking ahead. too long. We're gonna move to Adam. I know. I usually take too long. <laughs> Sometimes it's a good thing. Wayne Simmons, Boston. Uh, that was the okay. other kind of team because I think well they've had issues with their bottom six, but they just seem to have a bunch of guys who are not whatever like they're and they've shown like last year they acquired Rick Nash. And I mean, uh, they'll like, go for it. Yeah, like I think they're well. They like the thing about Boston is like they're they're interesting because like Bergeron and Barchand are old on the older side, and obviously Pasternak's great. But his like kind of in his like age bracket, they've got like McAvoy, and then they've got like DeBrusque, and then they've got a a few other complementary pieces. But their stars are on the older side, like Chara. Could, he hasn't said anything, right? But he's he's just been signing one year deals. He's been yeah. signing, yeah. So like yeah. he's not going to sign he's, anywhere else but Boston. He's re, he's retiring. Like he's he's retiring after this so year, I think. Yeah. So I think like I mean, obviously they won the Stanley Cup in 2011 with like some similar pieces, but you know when you've like they're they're on the older side and it's it's almost like yeah they can go a little bit like we're gonna go all in try and win something and if they don't then you know you rebuild like when Pasternak is like 26 or whatever right like mm-hmm. and so I think like Boston might kind of do it and like yeah they, they do need help in the bottom half of their lineup and it's not like like if he's going there he'd probably be an upgrade it's like whether he plays in the top six or plays in the third line or whatever like he'll be an upgrade on every guy they have in that role likely so um I think Boston would be an interesting thing, and obviously, like they sometimes have that identity of being like the big bad Bruins still. Yeah. So, yeah, and it, it's not, and like they also have it in the sense that it's not like oh we've got like one or two guys. It's like no, like everyone on our team like wants to rip your eyes out. So yeah. that could be interesting. So, I could see that happening. Sim- Simmons and Bagus on the same line would be something nightmare. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, and I think the thing too is like. Uh, like you've seen in the NHL, obviously they're not in the same division right now, but like 
Boston and Philly have always had like a bit of a rivalry for whatever reason. Like yeah. I guess kind of cause like geographics as well. Like they're pretty close mm-hmm. together. Yeah. Um, so, and like just in general, they have rivalries in other sports. Like I think it would be like a fun storyline too, like coming in the dark side a little bit, but like, um, I'm sure a guy like Simmons would embrace it. And Oh, for yeah, sure. Definitely. Right. Touch on it with Nash a bit. There's a natural role to fill. Yeah. What about Michael Furlan? And I'm just going to just get this off my chest to begin with. I feel like people didn't give a fuck about Michael Furland until he got traded to Carolina. Do you think people really cared about him that much when he played for Calgary? Because I don't think no. people had the same admiration. Uh, I have a Michael Furland jersey. What is wrong with you? Okay. <laughs> uh, so I care a lot about him. Okay. Um, um, where do you think he lands then, bud? Carolina. I don't think he moves. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think he moves either. I think, well, I think, I think the, the, like, I mean, everybody has the exact same take on Carolina, which is that they, like, outshoot every team to, to, like, shreds. Yeah. And just don't score. And, like, they have a fantastic D group. And I think, like, the funny thing is, like, they're, they're still in a position where they have to play really well over the second half of the season, but it's almost like you might as well keep this group mostly together. Absolutely. And, like, maybe trade, a guy, trade for a guy like Jeff Skinner. Uh, no, I'm <laughs> Can you oh imagine if they God. just redid the Jeff Skinner trade? Like not like not the exact same pieces, obviously. But if yeah. they were like, we're going to trade, like we actually want him back. So that's I think the funny thing is like, I think this team would have like the, this Carolina team if they had Skinner putting up thirty goals or whatever. Yeah, like, I already think we like, wouldn't be. They would be like, you, sorry. Continue. Go ahead. No. Oh, I was just gonna say like Carolina. <laughs> like I think I think the funny thing about Carolina is like it just seems like. Like, they're getting a, a lot more attention than they were most years. And, like, they've been, they've been like, they, their games are fun to watch. It's just, like, uh, like they have some fun pieces. And, like, Aho and Sveshnikov are mm-hmm. fantastic. Uh, they have Kane's Ombudsman, great Twitter account. Uh, shout out, shout out Kane's. Uh, so, I think, like, they're, like, I, I don't know from what I've noticed, of like, following the Kane's a little bit more. Like, they've been fun and, like. Everybody knows they should be better than they are. Like, yeah. Like, they just haven't been getting the results. The process is, like, one of the best in the league. Right. Like, I, like you can't really say, like, oh, they're not they're not trying hard enough. And, like, maybe, like, the most you can probably say is they don't have enough offensive talent to, like, actually convert on their chances, which right. I think is fair. But, like, they have a bunch of, like... Do you like Brett Pesci? Like, could you see, like... Pesci, because I keep reading shit on Hockey Buzz, like my favorite blog. You guys may have heard of it. Dude, that's worse uh, than Hockey Buzz. You know what's so funny? I, I've told this story on the podcast a million times. When I'm on my like lunch break, there's a couple things that I do. I'll go to Hockey Reddit, I'll go to Hockey Buzz, and I'll go to HF boards just to <laughs> see what nonsense is being spewed. And again, Eklund, insider, said that the Canes <laughs> really want Kapanen. Would you consider a guy like Brett Pesci for a guy like Kapanen, or is that not quite the tier that you would be looking at, Thomas? It's okay. Like, it's nothing... I don't know. I, I'd have to look into... he's controlled, too. That's a, that's a thing, too. Like, it's he's around for a while. Yeah. He has some good numbers, but he doesn't produce a lot of offense, so I feel like that could be get... You could get that for cheaper. Right. Yeah, I think that, like, the thing with him, like, he's put up, like, 10 points in 37 games, which is, like, I mean, I don't want to say it's, like, I'm sure he's probably slightly more skilled, but that's, like, almost basically the same 
output that you're getting from like Ron Hainsey. Right. And so, so. And well, no, it's it's slightly better. It's just if actually. you're if you're not like he's clearly not really providing much on that side of the ice, and like you just have to be like doing a lot of things really well if your if your main game is like you put up decent possession numbers and obviously you do the things that like contribute to that like because your impact isn't going to be on the other side of the ice and like maybe yeah the least don't need to improve their offense but if you just like the way i tend to look at hockey a lot is just like i mean i don't necessarily look at it from like like just as more like a thought process kind of way like you can look at like wins above replacement or like goals again goals above replacement or like any sort of stats like that but it's almost just like your impact as a whole, like you wonder, like is Kapanen X amount better than the guy you could be slotting in that role True, next, yeah. right? And like, yeah, maybe like if Kapanen is going to score 20 goals and the guy behind him is going to score 14 and, you know, Pesci's going to be the difference of five goals a year. Like, is that... Well, like- that's, that's kind of the same kind of thing that I'm... Like, Pesci isn't the guy that you... I feel like if you spend a lot over, like, spend Kapanen in a first for him or something, because he's cost-controlled, that might be what he's worth in the trade market. That might be a guy that you have to almost defend the acquisition for him. Like, you have to be like, okay, maybe next to Riley, he'll put up more numbers. And, right. Like, and you don't do all, do do all this stuff. Where you, if you're spending a cap, like a player like Captain in a first and stuff thing, it's gotta be you'd like, be like, okay, you're, I literally don't have to worry about you at all. You're yeah, going to do yeah. everything I want I you to. Yeah, thing you got to knock it out of the park. It's like, if yeah. you look at Great just go. the way that, like, <laughs> uh, like the Nylander situation, obviously there's teams calling. And, like, I'm sure Dubas could have made, like, a bunch of trades, but he knows, like, if I lose this trade, it looks terrible, right? Yeah. Like, and it, it's almost like it's not like you're doing like a minor thing. And, and like, if you're trading draft picks or whatever, you know, people won't really know how to properly, like, the average fan won't properly gauge that. But if, like, if Dubas traded Nylander in like October for like, I don't know, like a, something like that, like just a Pesci. And yeah. I think the other thing too is like, I'm looking whatever. at just, just his possession metrics. He's played four years in the NHL, he's had one year. It, like, not that it's like the be all and end all, but his like relative possession numbers. Yeah. He's been a negative possession player for three of his four years. He's still like negative relative to his team, which is obviously they've been good. They've been yeah crazy but, good. So that's just like it's it's really really hard to tell what a defenseman's impacts are, but he's not like knocking it out of the water. Yeah, and he's you know have played with uh, like some good partners. Like Sla- Slavin, Slavin, I think is the guy that yeah. Honestly, changes everything. But but I don't think he's being moved by no, 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 Carolina. No. So what's the point, right? Right. So he's, yeah. he's like almost. He's not their captain, but he's like their de facto like leader of the defense. Yeah, yeah. Which is impressive because they got some other big pieces on there too, right? But and he's like a guy too who I think like if you're like a pretty tuned in fan, people have kind of like picked up on his skill. And, oh yeah. Um, you know the team's got a lot of faith in him, and he's got a lot of faith in God. So um, just want to yeah. add that in there. But I actually <laughs> didn't realize that he was a big Jesus guy until recently. But I respect it. Yeah, I mean it's it's just kind of like funny. It's not really whatever. I don't think he's like involved in like too many like a cult. Um, yeah, I mean maybe he is. I don't know. He's not up in like Northern Ontario yeah. with no, your buddy. It was or funny. Cam uh, Cam uh, Lewis, who we referenced earlier in the podcast, he texted me and he said you should talk about the time you joined a cult. 
And I don't know what he's talking about, but like, I'm just curious. I'm he's curious. like, somehow. No, because, like, I'm curious if there's, like, some, like, thing I've done in my life that he's, like, described as a cult kind of thing. You know, it's, like. Nation Network. Yeah. Na- so Maybe. I'm, so I'm just, I'm curious, like, if there's, like, something I was in. But, like, I can't, I don't know particularly what he's talking about, and he hasn't replied to my messages. So, so. we should probably move on to the mailbag. Yeah, we definitely should. I was thinking, though. We've been recording for a while. Uh, so one one thing, one last thing on free agents I just wanted to get to. Yeah, sure. Uh, trade targets and We're stuff. We're going to be talking about free agents for the I next know, it's a episodes. lot. Uh, just one little thing. I feel like these two players, well, one was more... Like, I'm going to talk about Jeff Skinner. Yeah. And how if Sabres keep on going on this decline. Um, I think he resigns there. I don't see a circumstance yeah? where okay. he doesn't. Well, I'm going to talk about this other guy. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> this other right winger. Oh, yeah. Have I heard of him? He, he He's from a little place in Saskatchewan. I think he's just. Aspen. I think he might be from Saskatchewan. <laughs> I, I, I hope so. You got the reference. Yeah, uh, no, yeah. Dumb, uh, Dumb and Dumber. It's all good. Okay. A little place called Aspen. Thanks. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Um, <laughs> so, because because this team, the Islanders, was so hot, were so hot, what, uh, whatever. Uh, Where are you going? Early on. Yes. I don't know. I thought we were talking about Jeff Skinner. Yeah, we're talking about Jordan Eberle now. Oh, okay. Jabberle. He's a free agent at the end of the year, UFA, and no yeah. one's really talking about him as a trade target because the Islanders have been good. Yeah. But they're going to fall off like a cliff. They're going to give him the Andrew Ladd deal. Oh Look God. at Andrew Ladd's deal right now if you want to get sick to your stomach really quick. No, I already know. It's like f- five more years at like six per. Almost seven, I think. It's almost seven. Even Jesus Christ. Um, but like... Yeah, like no one's talking about Eberle getting tri- moved because the Islanders played so well and he's obviously one of the key offensive guys. But if the Islanders are like five points out of the playoffs by trade deadline, yeah. do you think like they move? Well, like that's a guy that no one has really been It's interesting discussing. too because I know like Edmonton right now, you know, they're, want look, that, want they're that. looking for a scoring <laughs> winger, right? And I think, you know, Yessi Pugliarvi and a first-round pick oh for God. them being on the block – you know, I think Imagine really interesting. you trade him for Eberly and then he doesn't re-sign. That, yeah. whole, that whole circle with like him getting traded for Ryan Strom and then Ryan Spooner and then now Ryan Spooner is available. So then he might go with Pooley RV to the Islanders. Yeah. But, yeah. They need center depth Spooner's too. Spooner's funny because he's like a, he's a healthy scratch and he's still got another year left on his deal. So <laughs> like he's a guy – like he was a – I mean I think that the funny thing was like the – the Ryan Strom trade, like, I mean, they didn't win it, but it was like, it was a, def- <clears throat> the Ryan Strom for Spooner trade was somewhat defensible because they both had terrible starts to the season Big and time, the money yeah. became out to be about the same. And I believe Strom's an RFA after this year. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, it's kind of whatever, but like Spooner is not even getting a spot in the lineup. And I think the interesting thing about Spooner is like, it doesn't even really make sense if you look at his career. He just kind of fell off a cliff at like how old is he now? Twenty six, twenty seven. Mm-hmm. Like he had some decent years. Like he put up forty plus point seasons. So did, so did Strom. But like, yeah, Spooner when he played for Boston, I thought played pretty well. Yeah, he like he had more points than Nash when he got acquired last year. Yeah. So I just think it's it's just like I don't know enough. Of, I don't watch him enough to say what's wrong with his game. But so he had a. 2015-16, he had 49 points in 80 games. And then 
39 and 78, 26 and 17, 25 and 39, not bad, and then 16 and 20 with the Rangers last year. Not bad. And then this year it's just been total of five points in 40 games. Yikes. With the Rangers and Oilers. What do you got in the mailbag, Thomas? So in the mailbag. Let's go to the mailbag. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Suck it, Fanoff. Um, to start off totally offside, asked which one of us would win in a foot race. That was the question. Which one of you would win a foot race from at totally underscore? Probably Adam, because Adam's athletic as fuck. Uh, I'm not actually <laughs> athletic. I just participate in sports things. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, Definitely Adam, I'd say. I would say that. I'd probably yeah. roll my ankle Why and, like, do it? die. <laughs> <laughs> just do it. Okay, we'll have, we'll, we'll, have the, we'll have the hoser games in the summer. <laughs> Yo, that. That's a good idea. Not a terrible we'll invite, idea. We'll invite Mr. Offside. Yeah, yeah be He fun. can come watch. Yeah, and talk about That's a great offside. first question to kick us off. Hoser games, okay, perfect. Hoser <laughs> games. Uh, is that the first question or the second question? That was the last question. I thought we were going to do the trade board, and then we just kind of talked about the trade board, and then we talked about two guys. But yeah, it's also been, it's a like long also been really With the long. Trade board, what it's we've been, been doing two lately hours. is we go for three. We usually pick two or three guys off the top and just pick them off every week. Yeah. And see where they land. Um, this is from Christian Tiberi at Decay in with the boys. Love Tip, Flames Nation. Tibbs Fl- Flames Nation. Uh, what is Adam's favorite TikTok video? <laughs> I don't know if I get the reference, but it sounds TikTok? funny. TikTok? You don't like, know what TikTok is? Cash out? No, that's no. It. No. So, like, TikTok is an app. It's it's been, it's like the oh, new Oh, TikTok. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I saw a thread that was just... All these people's yeah, yeah. like embarrassing TikTok videos. So um, I know what that is now. Sorry, my bad. Yeah, that's a tough one. Like, so there was the one <laughs> which was pretty. Like, I I saw it when it didn't have that many. Um, Do you have the app? I had it, and then I <laughs> I deleted it just because, like, for space reasons on my phone. Yeah, I actually enjoyed it quite a bit because it's like a new it's a new community, and like whenever like Vine, well, there was Vine, and then like TikTok was like. I believe it grew big in Asia first before it came over to North America. Is it like Probably. musically or kind of? But like you can. It used to be musically, I think. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's like literally. The Did same it thing. or like no? I think I think no, they're different things. I'm pretty sure. No, I'm pretty they're sure they're both. We're bad. gonna look at it. You can look these things up. We might as well just check. Oh I'm god! Sure it used to be musically. You look it up while he's picking his favorite video. Oh, okay. Um. Oh, it was oh, okay, and then I think they <laughs> they might have merged. Anyway, I uh, think they're similar. They're basically the exact same thing. Anyway, yeah. uh, so there is the one which I saw on Twitter. My cousin sent it to me. It was uh, yeah, rebranded. It was a start. It was this like gummy bear, and I was looking at a bunch of other oh. gummy bears, and it was singing like "Someone Like You" by Adele. <laughs> it was pretty funny. That's but, like some real sociopathic behavior. Yeah. So, <laughs> but there is like I don't know. There is. Uh, there's like I know Christian just talked about this. Like, he's heard about it. There's like this just great like. I don't know, like theme of like kids who are usually like fourteen, and <laughs> they'll like there'll be like a serious song playing, and they'll just like break out in some like Fortnite dance. Um, <laughs> so those are always kind of funny. Um, How about the ones where it's like the single guy from like a rural area, like singing a country <laughs> song to a girl, like "Oh, didn't see you there. Here I am singing about." Like, me picking you up in my pickup truck and shit. Like, I have oh, seen that kind of stuff. 90 Day Fiance. Yeah, big fan. Our favorite show. Yes. One of the couples on 90 Day Fiance in the last season. Met on Musical.ly. Yeah. 
Jesus Oh my Christ. god. Can you message on that app? We're doomed as a society. That's so Actually, weird. I'm gonna see. I I'm pretty sure I DM'd it to Christian at one point, so I'll check if I have it. <laughs> it's like one of the it's not the one that I reference, but if not, I I can't really describe it without so you, you can continue on and I'll try and see if I can pull this up. Um, great 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 question, Christian. I can't fucking talk. Yeah, to great him. question. I love that. Uh one. I'm trying to find other questions. Oh, uh, so Rams has a question. Um, oh, God. I'm trying to pick which one she okay. She's has so many pervy questions. Okay, this is a good one to, to finish off the mailbag today. Um, how much do you think I will absolutely fucking sob at the Aginla <laughs> Jersey retirement? Oh, yeah. I was actually going to bring that up as a topic tonight. So we don't have a ton of time for it. But, yeah, Rams is going to be sitting on her couch. No, she's going to the game. Oh, she is? Yeah. Yeah, I she, didn't realize. She bought, she bought tickets in advance. She's going to get she, she had a uh, – she had an insider before they, it was announced. Like yeah. She knew. She said she knew she a few days ago. She's connected. Yeah. So, so – and, like, I just saw someone. They're like – Tickets were going like for fourteen hundred bucks each. That's wow. insane. Yeah, good for her though. If, straight up, if Minnesota. <laughs> if any <laughs> of our buddies deserves to the go to the Aginla retirement, it's got to be Rams. Yeah, so, I guess. I'm proud. What? I'm just I'd put her at the very. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Nice. It's maybe, gonna be maybe Christian because Christian's question made me laugh. Yeah, put him up there too. But I know, I know Rams listens. I don't know. So yeah, way she goes. Um. I'd also yeah. just quickly like to say that tweet that Rams had today about... Oh, my God. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to repeat it. I la- You know when you laugh out loud so hard that people are like, oh, my God, what are you laughing at? Yeah. That happened to me at work today. People people can look it up. At Ramina Shalaw. Yeah, I'm not repeating if you really it because it's yeah, filthy. The one with Shrek in it. <laughs> There's lots of them about Shrek, but the yeah. she had today killed me. Next question. That's it. That's there's way more questions. Though. No, there's just notifications. Yeah, there's one about Adam needing new socks, but we resolved it. Oh yeah, he, <laughs> oh yeah. He said, "Do you need new socks?" And I just tweeted back pictures of my socks. I well, like I don't know. I, I'm wearing mismatched socks, but the funny thing is, like, I actually started doing it first when I was going to job interviews, and I'm like, I wonder if they'll ever look at my feet. Never did, but um, or they never mentioned it, and I'm like. I always just kind of thought socks are hilarious because everyone's like, you know, they should match, but like, why? You know, that's basically it. Like, you know, yeah. What's the reason behind for socks matching? You don't need one. So, so I just, I just, I. It's a conversation starter. That's like I try and do it like almost every day now. It's actually not wearing matching socks. There's your question answered, Juno. Um, if you listen to the, like the three hours of this podcast, you'll uh, get to it. At the end. It probably won't be that long once I edit it down a little bit. Yeah. Uh, here's one comment on our call for questions tweet. Uh, that's Cappy should have been me. So, well, I guess we're having that Cappy on soon. We'll have to at some point. Yeah. He said he wants to come down in the summer again, but we oh, yeah. get him before. I yeah. love it. Well, we're going to, uh, be on our way here, but, uh, Carter, tell us about the contest that we have running on our Twitter page right now. Um, so we recently did. An episode with um, Biz and on the bench. No, that's not the contest I'm talking <laughs> about. It is. Oh, you're doing like a really long story about how you got the jersey. Yeah. 
Okay, <laughs> give us the Coles Notes version. Okay, well, we, we have, have a jersey. That, we have a Canucks jersey <laughs> that's up for grabs. Totally free. All you need to do is like and retweet. For fuck's sakes, you guys. I was trying to get some cool follow. We're going to pick somebody <laughs> once we get to 69 Adam's retweets, which will be tomorrow. Um, so, yeah, we're going to uh, make a decision on the contest next week, on the next episode, who's getting it. And we'll send it to you regardless of where you live. What do you mean you're going to make a decision? You're going to draw a winner. Yeah, that's what I mean. Oh, yeah. It sounds like I'm rigging it. Uh, Yeah, so we're going to put together all the names. And then we're going to make a video the next time we record. And uh, we'll we'll, uh, draw the winner and send it off to you. Simple as that. How's that sound? Perfect. All right. As we wrap up, Adam, where can people find all of your, uh, your great stuff? Your content. Great content. Yes, for my address? Or? Yeah, like what's your blood type? <laughs> well, number I live, uh, you can find me on uh, MapleLeafsNation.com uh, and you can find the site's Twitter handle at TLNDC and you find my own personal Twitter handle um, probably attached to this podcast somewhere, but it's uh, Adam underscore Lascaris. Love it. Thomas? At No Salary Retained on Twitter and everything else Adam said. Love it. Leaf Nation. Yeah. You guys can find me on the uh, Husky Reddit, not the body type, but also the body type <laughs> and the Reddit Husky. at Killings 9 I've been posting lots of photos of my dog everywhere else on at Killings 9 as well. Do you want me to do you, Carter? Just Coach Carter. I would love if you did, Carter. You guys can follow <laughs> me on Twitter at Carter Lupel. What's up, Katie? Goalie chance. Just follow me. Follow me back. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week, Adam. Thanks for coming on, buddy. We'll have yeah, you, thank you on again at some point. Okay, not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one down. No, I'll be back. I'll be back as long as you have me. Good. <laughs> Hope you had fun, buddy. It'll be shorter. Uh, peace. Is that Bye. It? That's it. Bye. Cut. Cut. Watch me bleed until I can't breathe.